What's poppin', everybody? Welcome to the Great Cave. It's your man, Kovu. I got Monty here, as always. What up, Monty? What up, what up? I'm well, I'm well. But I know one state is not well, man. <laughs> Did you hear about what's going on in Texas? Ah, bro, this weather is crazy. So I've been getting, like, like I'd be on Twitter from time to time, and, of course, Texas was trending. And, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, catching, I'm catching a few things. I feel like you might be more in-depth on the situation, more, more in-depth than maybe I am because we're in Kansas city. We're having something of a weather crisis as well. Uh, I don't think it's as bad as Texas, but it's, it's, it's pretty bad. Like they're mandatory, like, like it's mandatory. How do I say this? They're forcing people. They're forcing people's heat and and electricity off for like 30 to 60 minutes uh, uh, to quote unquote, save energy. And um, some of these people aren't able to get their, uh, uh, utilities turned back on until like six hours later, three hours later, and and and, and the weather without heat. <laughs> I mean, you, I mean, people got kids and stuff, uh, so it's 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 a mess over here in Kansas City as well. And we're kind of dealing with that here. Um, car got stuck on the side of the road and stuff like that. So it's it's been hard for me to like be able to really dive deep into what's going on in Texas due to the crisis here, not to belittle yeah. what's going on in Texas, because from what I understand, Texas has it a million times worse, not to mention they were like a, a, a Southern state. They're not used to this from what I understand. They're not used yeah, to yeah. So I was looking into this at first, you know, when I saw they're getting a snowstorm, you know, that doesn't really happen in Texas. Also, they only got like four or six inches. And when I first looked at it, I was like, really, man, this is this kind of stupid because we get like 12 inches of snow and we're still going to work. People are still going to work. Everything is fine. But over there, it's like it's like hell broken loose. You know, then I remembered they're not used to this type of shit over there. They they really get snow. They're not prepared, prepared for this. This is almost like a pandemic to them, you know, because back when that happened in America, nobody was prepared. And I guess with with snow. It's also this, uh, the same with them. And I hear people, their power is going out and they can't do work. They can't stream. They can't do podcasts or anything pretty much. And almost like it's a rival game for them. Also, you know, our editor, man, he also texted me that he can't do it. He can't send out, send, uh, send our newest videos just because his power is going out, which is crazy, man. That's, that's wild. That's wild. And that's news to me. I, I'm going to have to hit Fernie up. Shout out Fernie, man. He's crazy with the clips, but yep, yep. Um, yeah, you, you know what I was thinking? Like, so me and you both know a lady by the name of Faith who lives in Canada, right? Yeah. And I can't speak to Texas specifically, but I can speak to the goings-ons in, uh, in Kansas City and uh, the apartment complex I stay at. They said, look, if your water, if your pipes freeze, it isn't our problem. So keep your water running. Now, uh, in this complex, we don't have to pay for water or whatever, but they want, they want you to at least keep it dripping because if it freezes, basically it's on y'all is what their uh uh POV is. And so I was so so I hit up Faith. I'm like, Faith, you're in Canada. The the cold the, the weather we call cold down here is like child's play to you. But I was like, can you recall any time in your life, she's about like twenty four years old, any time in your life that you had 
pipes that were frozen to where your water wouldn't work, to where your water wouldn't come out. And she said, no, never. So that got me thinking, right? So I think the further down south you go, the less prepared states are. Like they probably have, because apparently you can go to Home Depot and buy special like heating heating uh, ad- adhesives to like water pipes or whatever. But I guess in Canada, they already got like the technology to deal with, with the cold weather out there. So the, I feel like the further south you go, the least prepared you are. And Texas, I mean, again, they're not used to no snowstorm. So the inches, are, um, the, it, it's funny to people in the Midwest and above, like laughing at the inches of snow they got and quote unquote complaining, but they're really complaining because they're, they don't have the proper structure in place to protect them from the elements. Cause they're not used to, to being exposed to those elements, bro. And, uh, uh, people are dying in Texas. Like the death toll is rising. And from what I understand, I saw a headline. I haven't uh, dug into the article, but there's something of a political blame game going on. Do you know about that? Oh yeah. Yeah. Not to bring too much politics into it. There's also, you know, Republican, it's the Republican state. They also control a lot of the infrastructure. And I do hear that Texas wants to be so independent. They actually have their own electrical power grid. And that pretty much whole thing just went down because, you know, they don't have the national or the government backing as much as other states. And I think that's one reason why a lot of people's powers going out, you know, they're facing a lot of problems. And this is where it comes, man. You got to you got to have a compromise issue when it comes to comes to being a being a state where you can there, there needs to be a trade off. You know, you can't just be totally independent. That's where you also need a lot of government support, too. That's where. You know, people always go back to socialism, socialism, but you still, there's a lot of things where you need the government support and it's not a socialistic thing. It's just, that's how it works. You know, it's a, you definitely need support. You can't have, you can't be independent. That's not easy to do. You got, it, it, I always say like, and I'm no uh, economic scholar or anything like that. Uh, when we have Dennis on, maybe we can go into that. But from what I understand, a mixed economy of some sort is the best, right? Like if you have unfettered capitalism just running rampant, like it's it's fucked up for everybody. Uh, but if you have like pure socialism, apparently there's issues with that as well. So there are there is some social socialism, I guess, involved in society. Like you know, uh, uh, garbage men, you know, taking our trash and all that type of shit. We don't directly pay them, stuff like that. So, social security, yeah. you know, all the, yeah. all the, it's pretty much uh, socialism, but they don't like to bring that up when, when there's already systems that are existing that are considered quote unquote socialist, if you look at it in a different way, but you know, people, people try to glim, glim over and just to have scare tactics when it comes to all that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, I mean, it's the stigma to the word socialism or socialist, anything, right? Like, when Bernie Sanders called himself a democratic socialist, there was a lot of people being intellectually dishonest by calling him just a socialist, as if there isn't no uh, uh, nuance or difference, big difference between a democratic socialist and just a plain old, plain old socialist. Not to not to go too deep into politics or whatever. I just remember that that stigma being around the word of socialism. Or yeah, just to go back uh, back on that a little bit, man. I wish Bernie was more, you know, was pushing for the term. Democrat, not not the not the term Democrat socialist, you know the term social Democrat, which which sounds way better, you know, mm-hmm. and and that that actually goes with a lot of his policies also, because he's not full on socialist, you know, and yeah, I wish he he definitely he definitely marketed himself 
better than he did because he definitely struggled with that. Yeah, yeah. There's a um, you know, Bernie. Look, Bernie's an older, a older gentleman, uh, a, a elder statesman, if you will. And uh, I think he just he was just rushing to get the message out, man. Like the the whole political, the little political, <clears throat> political nuances or political strategies. I don't think he was like too concerned about that. But like you said, that I do think that just just the switch of those words are it just seem, it just sounds so different to the people that are uh, allergic to socialism or whatever. So a social Democrat versus democratic socialist. That's a good, uh, uh, interesting thing to point out, bro. Um, but yeah, man, I, I'm, I'm hoping they get that shit under con- control in Texas. I hope in Kansas city things get right. And, and, uh, you know, even people in Minnesota, I heard Minnesota went through like hell, hell and they're, they're used to the cold, but I guess they broke a record recently with the, with the wind chill and below, I don't know, below 30 something. I don't know. It was a crazy yeah. number I, I read. It's crazy. Yeah. It's crazy. We're, we're going to get another snowstorm just tonight and the next two days. It's, it's, it's weird, man. The whole country it's weird that, you know, a lot of people, well, not even a lot of people. I've I, I seen a few people pointed out that, oh, that means, you know, the, the climate change doesn't exist, <laughs> you know, that argument. But I have, I have a theory, you know, this might, be, this might be dumb, but I was thinking about it. Why, why all of a sudden, you know, we're getting so much snow and just a lot of cold weather. And, you know, we haven't really got this type of snow for years. And uh, the, the weather hasn't been cold even even I, I, if I recall, even last few years, but I think I have a I have a theory why it's kind of cold this year. Also, also, we're getting a lot of snow probably, and I think the pandemic had to do a lot of it because you know a lot of people were cooped up in their hot homes. And if you saw back when everything was shut down, the nature in a way was was way better, and everything everything just c- came alive almost because when people were inside, the water was cleaner. You know the 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 trees were shinier and all that. I think I I feel like that had an effect on it in a way where that kind of definitely that that definitely probably uh, made the weather in a way. I don't I don't know, man. I might be speaking out of my ass, but I feel like that definitely had to do that 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 had to have an effect on climate change. And uh, right, right, we might be seeing that effect when when it comes to the cold weather that we're getting. Yeah, man. Yeah. Uh, like um, Kansas City weather is like a there's like a, a AKA around here, which they, they call our weather bipolar. Um, and it's because like it's so sporadic and like these past few years, it's never gotten it hasn't been this cold and it hasn't snowed this much. But then yeah. like eight years before that, it snowed like there was always a white Christmas. I can't tell you the last time I had a quote unquote white Christmas, but in my childhood, yeah it seemed like there was always white Christmases. So I don't know, man, uh, climate change is a real thing, but I'm not a scholar on, on that subject, but I, I, I'm not gonna lie that, that, that crossed my mind as well. And I saw a staggering figure. It said something like, uh, like, well, at least as of three days ago, over 150 million Americans were under a winter, uh, winter storm advisory, winter weather advisory. And, you know, I was thinking like, damn. So my dad, he moved to uh, Orlando, Florida, like, a year and a half ago. And I'm like, man, I wonder, I wonder what the temperature is down there. And Monty, when I tell you, I, I, I haven't been this envious in a while, bro. I look uh, like, like, so, so in Kansas city, it was like below three degrees at the time. So I'm like, man, I wonder what kind of, kind of weather my dad dealing with, you know, even though it is Florida, I mean, Texas is going through it, bro. It was like 80 degrees where he was. Oh man. What? It seems like Florida is the only state 
right. that's really not affected. But, you know, there's also a trade-off. You know, Florida is kind of crazy, too. But So I don't yeah, know. I wouldn't be too yeah. fast to move there. That and it was a haven for the the, the coronavirus pant like 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 it was really bad down there the virus and all that people were going to beaches not giving a fuck or whatever whatever so um, yeah it's it's definitely a trade off when, when when we're talking Florida but like I long for eighty degree weather bro like I long for it yeah uh, but when it comes to summer though man it might get too crazy so yeah yeah it might be scorching you might be under a heat advisory like like one hundred and fifty million people might be under a heat advisory who knows bro. It, we we live in we live in crazy times in 2021. Like I said, it just feels like 2020 redux a little bit. Um, but yeah, with that being with, with that being said, I hope everybody like going through these weather issues, you know, uh, um, you know, get through this safely. And uh, you know, I hope everybody everybody that's listening and people that isn't that aren't listening, I hope I hope y'all families are safe um, because this weather is a very serious thing and. Uh, I didn't even want to click on some of the headlines I saw about how um, the weather is affecting like homeless people, people that sleep on benches and stuff. Like, of course there's, there's homeless shelters, but there's still a lot of people out there that are just still sleeping on the ground, sleeping in the streets. Um, and that's, I just can't imagine, bro. I can't be outside for like seven minutes in below, below 10 degree weather, let alone like sleeping out there with like a fucking, fucking uh, cardboard box as covering like that's that's crazy so uh, when, when you look at it like that it's always easier to take whatever hardship you're going through by looking at what the next man doesn't have and um you know yeah man so i hope everybody gets through this and uh blessings to everybody so uh yeah monty so so what do you think about the news flow this week man i said i feel like it's a little bit a little light it's like it's like, but we never we never sure to talk talk about things, man. We we definitely got we got a hot topic lined up, but you know, recently the only big news that we kind of got to hear was the six nine and McMill, mm. uh, almost almost fighting in a way. Mm. But I'll, I'll let you get into that. So so yeah, I'm I'm not gonna lie, man. <clears throat> it's like so so I'll be turning twenty eight this year. And I, I feel like this news, that headline would have like, I don't want to say been, it would have been more exciting like five years ago, but maybe I would have been that much more exciting to talk, excited to talk or debate about it or whatever. Uh, not that I think any, I don't think any party looks particularly great in this situation. Even back then, I don't think I would have had that, but I think I, I would have been more hyped about it because these are two uh, A-list mega, mega stars um, come, coming across each other um and not to mention you know in a pandemic and out of all the places six nine and big mill could be you know they they uh six nine called him out called him outside the club in in uh, miami i believe and i mean there's so there's so many ways to like approach this um and i, I i've heard some other takes i've heard some wild takes like going at meek mill saying that he should have just went at six nine uh, if if you guys don't know, my, my bad. Like just in case you guys haven't heard, I'm pretty sure you have though. Six uh, nine uh, was waiting on Meek Mill outside of a club. Meek Mill came out the club, and they their their entourages or quote unquote security. Now I put quotations on security because those security, like Joe Button said, wasn't really behaving like general security, right? Like like I feel like general celebrity celebrity security is all about like making a way to the car, like like trying to get out. 
and uh, uh, evade as quick as possible without any any injuries. With this footage, it looked like the securities was just kind of standing there between Six Nine and Meek Mill, and almost like just taken apart in the circus. It didn't seem like, okay, we got to get, get Meek Mill and, and 6 9 out of here. Well, 6 9s people already knew that like 6 9 was obviously waiting on Meek Mill, or at least I'm assuming. But I don't even know if this was Meek Mill security that, that was with Meek Mill. That could have been the venue security. Like I said, like like I, I heard Joe Button's take on it, and I'm like, yeah, that is that is interesting. Like I've seen super zealous security when it came to like protecting celebrities, and it didn't really seem like they were trying to get Meek Mill out of there as quick as possible or like trying to move 6ix9ine and his team out the way or anything like that. It seemed like they were just kind of sitting there and uh, letting Meek Mill and 6ix9ine exchange words. Now, in terms of like my take on it, I feel like, I feel like uh, the back and forth, like, look, man, interactions like these is 6ix9ine, especially now, it's his lifeblood. 6 9 is like a a parasite that thrives on 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 controversy man like like that was a big that That's was a facts, big part of of why he was going viral bro uh viral so major like what 2 years ago when he was beefing with everybody from the game to YG to Snoop Dogg like the 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 list is endless i can't even remember all the people that he went at it with Jay Prince you know Jay here Jay Prince uh Jr had all, like was with his goons trying to uh and and prevented 69 from performing at South by Southwest i believe and um it was just there were so many people on on the on the 69 train or are or, or off the 6ix9ine train waiting, waiting for it to crash. However, it was still just generating mad numbers, whether it was an Instagram post or, or a song that might not even be that good. I still, like, I'm really in tune with hip-hop, and I still haven't really met somebody that genuinely liked the 6ix9ine record outside of maybe his, uh, the Blicky record when, when he first came out. Where, like they liked his energy but like a lot of records after that maybe the fifi Nicki minaj record uh you know it's a pop catchy tune or whatever but for the most part the only one i i, I like even remotely even a little bit was the one with fetty wap yeah 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 fetty wap did this thing on that fetty wap had the i, I feel like fetty wap had the standout performance on it to be honest i couldn't you know what i mean yeah. like that melody it, it was dope and it was dope to see fetty wap back so I, I still think that was that was a cool thing it's just that um yeah man like Fast forward now, like Six Nine still does his numbers or whatever, but as Joe Budden said, like he's widely irrelevant, bro. Like he's been quiet as hell. Now, recently I saw a post that said Six Nine has been quiet on purpose. He's been quiet on purpose. Uh, uh, and and the, <laughs> apparently the strategy behind this was, Monty, to make people feel like uh, uh, the internet is boring without him. Like he felt, um, you, you know, if I if I remove myself, then then people would like, be complaining like man we're six nine at whatever but i man. didn't hear that i didn't hear nobody say man we're, we're six nine <laughs> this is this this is so similar to trump how you know a lot of people are like oh trump is gone from twitter now now it's gonna be it's gonna be boring but no man it's been peaceful yeah yeah, yeah. it's been peaceful like like the the twitter uh the twitter ecosystem has not changed so like there, there, it's been peaceful, but it's also high levels of tax, uh, toxicity. People find other things to talk about. If it ain't six nine or Trump, it's about Lil, yeah. uh, uh, Lil Boosie and Lori Harvey. Apparently, that's a new trending situation. I don't know much about it, but but Lil Boosie is going through some controversy right now due to his comments on Lori Harvey's uh, perceived body count or whatever like that. So all I'm saying is like, I think six nine realized like it, it just doesn't feel the same post. 
uh, pre-prison 6-9 and then post, post-prison 6-9, I think the experience for him are two totally different things. Now, when he first got out, it was a novelty. And the reason it was a novelty is because we never seen somebody snitch come out and then like break records. But I think those records were being broken because of the novelty of like, we've never seen this before. But if you notice his like follow-up songs, like it, it didn't really have that much steam. And even when those, and, and, and it has been proven that 6ix9ine or 6ix9ine's label also bought like views and shit, number one. Not all of those views were bought. There was definitely like a, a genuine organic interest, but it was more so about like, yo, in, into 6ix9ine more so than his music. Like that's, that's facts. I think it was like the fastest number one dropping off ever in billboard history and it was just like yo like like people just want to check see see what was up and there it was nothing that made them a lot the the people that were there before stay and uh what did six nine do around that time even even when that record went number one he was like i'm i'm, I'm done with rappers i'm going at ariana grande i'm going at justin bieber but guess what monty like pop stars is a different field bro you're not gonna have you're not gonna have justin bieber yeah, in his yeah, entourage yeah. Looking, trying to look for you in a city, uh, in his hometown in Canada or whatever. Like that's it. It's they're gonna put out like a little uh, 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 politicized, you know, PSA, uh, uh, re- re- refuting his claims that they were buying billboard placements, and then that's it. So, so it kind of got quiet. Uh, I mean, his friend Academics has been going at a lot of people. I will say Academics, we, we're, I don't want to talk about him on this podcast, but I do want to talk about how Academics has recently been behaving. Like, I'm not making a value judgment right now or whatever, but Academics has really been going at a lot of people's necks, and some people appreciate the. So he's back to his uh, old bullshit. I like the media version of, of 6 9 when it comes to poking the bear. And the oddest beef ever, bro, he's been, he has this ongoing war with Rory from the Joe Budden podcast and claimed that Rory had either, like, either Rory or Rory's goons were sent to academics' mailbox or, or, or house and they put something in his mailbox, like a, like a letter. And it was like, I guess academics was saying it was supposed to be like a, a, a disguise threat and how he got Rory on cameras or Rory's car on cameras and blah, 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 blah. It's, it's weird. But my point in saying that is the energy, though, to, to, I'm not trying to go on too much of a tangent. Excuse me, y'all. Like I haven't had a lot of sleep, and when I when I'm without sleep, I go on tangents. But to to, to try to keep it on topic, though, uh, six nine, his experience is different. So this Meek Mill situation is like lifeblood to him. And if Meek Mill, like like if Meek Mill security would have said, "Yo, uh, there's there's six nine out there," like, and if Meek Mill would have said, "Okay, well let's 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 wait, you know, wait until he leaves," or like let's let's try to have another uh, escape route. Uh, it, it, it wouldn't have been as gratifying for 6ix9ine. And the only thing 6ix9ine could have said is, Meek Mill was scared of me. His team saw me outside and, and Meek Mill left. But that wouldn't have been as no, nowhere near uh, 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 talked about as what we actually saw. And what we saw was a verbal exchange. And Meek Mill is in a, a place where he doesn't have to do that. Like, like, like there's levels at the end of the day. And, and um, man, I just, I just don't believe they should be in the same vicinity. And 6ix9ine and loves this. And, and, it's a lose lose for for uh, Meek Mill, Monty. Like, cause cause there was a Wack One Hundred, a, a, a blood, you know, um, you I you've heard of Wack One Hundred, right, Monty? <clears throat> yeah, he was like the games manager. I don't think I have. It's very controversial. He he talked about how the person that killed Nipsey Hussle did what he was supposed to do. He said some things about uh, was it Tupac? I don't know. He he's very controversial, but he's a blood from from California, and he said that Meek Mill got Meek Mill took the L in the situation because he didn't react 
like a real street nigga supposed to react, which is, I'm going to take your fucking head off. And Wack 100 said, I don't want to hear nothing about you. Don't want to go back to jail or whatever. No, you talked about him on the internet. So therefore you need to blah, blah, bl blah, blah. But here's the thing. Meek Mill has criticized 6ix9ine on the internet. He's given his opinion on what 6ix9ine, like, like the cancer that he is in hip hop. That's Meek Mill's opinion. Meek Mill didn't say, when I see 6ix9ine, I'm going to fucking kill him. He just said, yo, he's a rat. He never said I'm a threaten, and then when he saw him, didn't do anything. Like I don't, I don't see the issue in Meek Mill not jeopardizing uh, uh, his freedom with cameras around and, and a security, and then getting people that you know like hurt. Like you, it, it could be bad. And then let's say this, Monty, uh, uh, Monty like uh, this was uh, brought up on the Joe Budden podcast. But um, some of the, some of these thoughts are my independent ones, but I'm just tra- uh, trampolining off of some of the things they said. But like it's a lose lose for Meek Mill. Um, if Meek Mill would have reacted in that way, in that street way, not only would his freedom be jeopardized, not only would his criminal justice fight be like thrown in turmoil or whatever, because, you know, he did go through that situation with a crooked judge and actually got off. Um, it, it, it just would have it would have made him take like 20, 20,000 steps backward when he was already on a pretty good path. So what I'm trying to say is if he did beat the shit out of 6ix9ine, let's say Meek Mill and his, and his quote unquote security did beat the shit out of 6ix9ine and his entourage, there's no street points you get off of that. Like even in the streets, nobody like, oh my God, Meek Mill beat up 6ix9ine, 6ix9ine he's, so, he's so hard, he's so cool. He doesn't get points off beating somebody that's a rat. And, and if it did happen to 6ix9ine and 6ix9ine uh, survives it, 6ix9ine's going to say, oh wow, you beat up a rat. And I'm not even 23 years old so you just beat up a kid because 6ix9ine always loved to call himself a kid and play like kind of the victim role when that heat is kind of getting hot you always say oh look I, I, i'm just a rainbow haired kid you letting me get under your skin ha, yeah. ha ha and that's the point he's a rainbow he's a yeah he loves to he loves to undermine himself when when it's appropriate, but exactly. loves to, you know, talk exactly. himself up so, when it's not. I, I'm, I'm just glad it didn't get more heated. I'm glad Meek Mill didn't throw a punch or I'm glad they're, they're it could have gone so much more worse because Meek Mill does come from a background that, that, that suggests that like he's been in those types of situation and it is situations and it could have gone a totally different way. I'm just so glad that Meek Mill um, understands he doesn't want to jeopardize his freedom, understand that he's in a really good situation right now with Rock Nation. His music is doing good. He's a criminal justice fighter. He's, he's been trying to raise awareness on, on sy- systemic injustice towards black people. And it would just be a tragedy if he let somebody like 6ix9ine jeopardize any of that all i'm saying is though like it shouldn't have even been a back and forth like don't even because because after that of course they were talking shit on social media and meek mill said something along the lines of like yeah i spit at him and he ran like no you don't even got to do that <laughs> you know let the internet have that it'll die down but six nine is like like as as i called him earlier i feel like he's parasitic in this in in a way like he thrives off this this interact this interaction is equivalent for him to as like it's like a hit it's a hit record when shit like this happens Hey, he's he's a rat, pretty much, just looking for any any food, yes. a crumb of food, just to survive. Yeah. And you know, it's like, it's it's he's definitely a parasite in a way where he just he just interjects himself and just yeah. ruins a good thing that's that's going on probably. Also, to the point of six nine saying, "Oh, why does he have security?" You know, obviously, McMill, he's he's a, he's a big rapper. He's a big uh, he's a big artist, and he definitely. He definitely should have security, man. You never know who's, who someone might pull up on you. And, you know, he also uh, you know, he also has some beef with some lot of some street artists or just or just street people. And you never know when they might run up on you. So Bro, he definitely should have security. 
there's dudes in Philadelphia that said that he's banned. He can't come to certain parts of Philadelphia anymore. Like it would be, it would be beyond ignorant <laughs> to not, because ignorant means you don't know better or whatever. But so it would be beyond ignorant if he didn't move with with, with security. And it would have been foolish for him to say, oh, "I'm just gonna have my street friends around me." Because if you do have street friends around you that are willing to risk their life for you, you should do absolutely any and everything possible to not put them in a situation to where they need to give their life for you. You know, stuff like that. I don't know, man. Like the street rule, these quote unquote street street perspectives are, are really weird, but I don't want to put it on the whole entire streets because street street guys are not a monolith. They have their own different opinions, different politics, depending on whatever region they're from. And, and for the most part, I, I, I think, I think, you know, level-headed, reasonable dudes from, from all types of backgrounds in the Western hemisphere, uh, uh, would would see that no Meek Mill did the right thing. Just maybe maybe try to like curve curb the the interaction with six nine because this is it's a lose lose when you deal with him on any level. Yeah, like that's that's a thing. And he's even more. I feel like he's more desperate now. And I'm not saying this from a success level. Like he obviously has an army of, of of young fans. He has a lot of money or whatever. But this is beyond that. It's it's a it's a clout. Hey, those those young fans are growing up and they're getting smarter. So <laughs> hopefully hopefully most of them, you know. Because yeah. he's definitely that type of artist who you feel like a young, young, young teenager and you might see something. Oh, this is this is cool. But, you know, when it comes to that, then nothing stays cool for a long time. Yeah. Yeah. You know, novelties are only novelties for so long. I don't know the exact time limit, but novelties are, you know, it's, it's a fresh new experience. And we've seen this rainbow haired kid, quote unquote, for, for a little while now, a little while now. And people got used to him not being around when he was in prison. And I'm not saying he should be in, I mean, I don't even want to go into that or whatever. I'm just saying, like, I just, I just don't care, bro. Like, um, and this was on Valentine's Day too. <laughs> like, damn, imagine yeah. like, like we go just try to have a nice night out at the club <laughs> or whatever. And he come out and got to see this fucking Skittle demon. <laughs> like it's, it's, it's wild. But. Well, I, I like that how a lot of artists or just people in general came to Meek Mill's defense. And uh, I think the notable, the most notable one was uh, 6ix9ine's documentary director. Because, uh, you know, 6ix9ine has a documentary called Supervillain. And uh, he called okay. him a truly a horrible human being. And it's pretty crazy, man. If you wait, 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 look on the article. The, so, so the director of the documentary... Of, uh, of a six nine documentary is calling six nine a horrible human being. Yeah, yeah. So let me ask you this. And... Let me ask you this: Was this documentary authorized? Like, meaning six nine's permission? Six nine is involved in this project? I think uh, I think this is a different one because I know there's two documentaries: one from Amazon Prime. I think this one is more more of a taking a look at society as a whole, almost, and how how he came to rise and talking oh. about, you know, the ma- manufactured celebrity type thing. Ah, and uh, okay, okay, okay. this is also on Showtime. So this, this is another official documentary. No, this so. reminds me of, it reminds me of the fire festival. You remember those two competing documentaries, but they told kind of different perspectives. Yeah. 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 yeah it kind of remind me of that. Um, yeah. Almost. Yeah. That, that's definitely true. Yeah. You remember it was yeah. like Amazon one and it was a Netflix one. So in the six nines case, it's like what Amazon and Showtime. That's crazy. Um, and I think, I, I believe I could be stretching this y'all, but I believe I read somewhere that 50 Cent wanted to like executive producers because the doc, regardless of what you feel about six, nine, that is an interesting documentary 
that could be made if it's handled properly, right? Like I am interested in kind of the psyches. Like, yeah, we can make the jokes about like, oh, they're twelve year old, thirteen year old kids, but not all the, not all of six nines supporters were twelve and thirteen. A lot. Yeah, yeah, a lot of man. The, those those people are should be they should be shameful, man. If you if you're a fan of this type of person, if and you're older than twenty years old. Yeah, bro. Yeah, I would love to. I would love to. <laughs> Do, well, I was about to say I would love to like sit down and t- just talk to the person that is a fan, but I don't know. Maybe, maybe, maybe I might need to never. Mind. If you're like a fan in a trollish way, I, I I would get it. But still, 20 years old and you you still liking somebody, uh, just as a jokey way. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And not even not even when it comes to music, I would say as a as a celebrity, because you know there there's still a lot of older people who look up to celebrities. And if you're looking up to say Takashi six nine, yeah, and you're you're getting older, and I don't know, I don't know how I feel about yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, you might. I would encourage you to reevaluate like your interests. You know, it, it's all subjective at the end of the day. But I do. But but that's a good like point you made. There is, I think, there is a distinction between um, being a fan of overall troll culture and being a fan of six nine, like six nine, whether it's his music, whatever, whatever. So. Uh, Six nine just comes from, I can't, so much similar to Trump, and I just can't. Oh, the Trump effect. Yeah, I just can't get it the out. Trump of my effect. Head. Yeah, exactly. Trump yeah, pretty effect. much. Um, they're very, very similar, and they they use the same tactics, and you know, take advantage of the culture and social media culture that we have now, and it's it's very, it should be easy to you know, easy to easy to sniff out, but. A lot of people fall for that shit. Yeah, all the time. bro. The, the the level of psychological, you know, manipulation that goes on with with shit like this, uh, it's 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 astounding the numbers they can generate in terms of support. Um, but I mean, society is society, as they say. But uh, okay, yeah, man. That's that's mainly my main take on uh Meek Mill six nine. I I just I think I just think Meek Mill would gain the most if he doesn't interact with six nine i know how much of a thorn in the side in, in your side that he is but like you know let's not let's not get that cut infected you know because it, it can't it... he's like an annoying little brother who uh who just won't leave you alone <laughs> it's pretty much yeah it. with a demonic you edge. just gotta ignore him yeah with a demonic edge to him and he just won't go away um but in, yeah. in this case like there's like i said there's a lot less fan noise like i think before he went to prison the fan noise was like deafening. Like it, it, it almost damn near. It was like a, a, a force to be reckoned with in terms of like all the noise and chatter that forced artists that had no business responding to Six Nine because of their legacy or whatever. Uh, it, it just, it, it just made them do that. However, post jail Six Nine, post prison Six Nine, I think, I think he's a lot more desperate, and I think the noise is a lot less. I think if this would have happened, this same story, I, I think if this same story would have happened before he went to prison it would have been, I don't know, magnitudes more talked about, more impactful, more like, oh my God, uh, this happened. Because when 6 ix momentum before he went to prison, these types of incidents happen like every other month or, or twice a month where he would run into like people or he would get kidnapped or, you know, like, like it was, you know, he tried to get into the complex convention and got uh, yelled, like he, he confronted YG's bloods. Uh, uh, outside of that and they uh, stopped him from getting in like these types of incidents was like way more consistent I think 6 9 is going to have a harder time trying to build up that controversial momentum because there's not a lot of I think 
I think it's a lot harder to confront people. I mean, we're in the pandemic, right? Like I'm even surprised that I don't, I don't know why, but I am kind of surprised that he even found Big Mill. But I guess as Joe Button and them, or Rory said, it's not that hard to find a celebrity. Like if you really looking, looking for them, you can find where they're at. But like, I don't know, we're in a pandemic. So I, I'm, I, I feel like I've never took 6ix9ine to be somebody like an idiot, right? So he's always thinking about the next big thing. Remember, this is the person that went to Chicago and acted like he went to Chief Keef's hood at a certain time. When, and, and then posted the footage when he was long gone, like like shit like that. Six nine is actually strategic when it comes to generating interest. So I, I am curious to know, like, what does he want to do off of this? Is he going to make a million dis, not a million, like like a, a diss record towards Meek Mill? He's going to want to antagonize somebody else and then make a record to like capitalize off this. But I think he's going to have a harder time finding the next person to run into physically like i don't know it's gonna be harder to top this than it was before the pandemic but hopefully we don't have to talk about that mozzie hopefully it does die down i just feel like six nine does have something else under his sleeve yeah he does want more of this um but you know these type of rappers who are very controversial are just make a lot of headlines they usually have a face later on in their life where they're reformed or have a face that they're out of all this nonsense and they're living a better life. Do you think Six Nine is gonna have that face I mean, later he is on? Young. He is. He is very young. Yeah, it's like a thousand sixty nines on his body or whatever. But at some point, yeah, we gotta we gotta remember, man. Trump, <laughs> he he's been doing this shit, and he's almost uh, seventy years yeah. old. Yeah. So that's, 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 <laughs> I don't know, man. Some people just some people just don't grow yeah, out of it. Yeah. Just... But the thing with Trump is he transitioned into like multiple fields, right? Like his political life played a very small part in his his uh his public life in terms of his celebrity life, right? So six nine would have to like snake his way into other things to 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 me personally to be more relevant and keep this energy going. But do I believe six nine has it in him to mature? or whatever and like come to come to grips with with itself like man i i really have been wild and i really have been violating um i believe everybody got has it in them i just don't you know hopefully he stays safe enough to where he can get to that point you know to where he wants to change up a little bit uh yeah. but yeah, a lot of times these type of people they have extreme where they go on the way other side where they seek seek religion and they become devoted devoted religious people you know a lot of people who go to prison they become you know they they take upon being a muslim or just oh, devoted a christian almost uh, i feel like six nine might might uh, convert to convert to islam and just become a devoted you know muslim Evangel- I don't yeah, even know. that's what i'm thinking evangelize something bigger than himself like find a new purpose yeah he does i i, I can, I can <laughs> yeah. see that i can see that um let's just hope it isn't like a you know, like to if we're if we are to assume that he will have like a quarter of the fan base that he does, hopefully he doesn't get into some weird cult type shit, like like a Jim Jones cult to his type type stuff because that could happen too, bro. Some 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 will take their influence and become cult yeah. leaders and shit like that. Um, but hey, Kanye, Kanye, there, there, there's some coldish vibe with Kanye. There, there's <laughs> there was some coldish vibes. But speaking of that, um, we didn't talk about this and we don't have to talk about this now. It could be a later topic. A discussion piece, if you will. Um, but Kanye's getting sued by like the the Sunday Service band that he was working with. 
Oh yeah, I heard about that. The people who sang are just uh, pretty much took part in that situation or just these performances. I guess they were not they were not paid, man, and just goes to show, man. Uh, Kanye is just on a bad road. Yo, right Christians now. gotta eat too, Monty. Christians gotta eat too. It just shows that you know you can't use religion as a crutch to to hide hide or even. You know, because religion, a lot of people use religion to do a lot of shady shit. And th- this seems like one of those cases. And hopefully, also, it could be a, it could be a thing where Kanye is yeah. not even aware of it. And some other exactly. people are handling this. Exactly. So this could be the yeah, yeah. this could be the obvious. We, we always want to get benefit on. of the doubt. But we also got to be cautious of the fact that there could be some truth to this because it comes in a, a, a long line of controversial mishaps, you know, and and. and uh, and and failures and to failure like behavioral fa- failures that I don't know might be like like uh the source of all it might be mental issues but I don't want to blame everything on his goddamn because mental issues isn't like an excuse but we do know Con- Kanye is dealing with mental illnesses or whatever not to get too far into Kanye but the reason I brought that up is because we're talking about codish leaders or whatever and and the people that are suing him was like like that aesthetic in his videos was why Joe Rogan said. Like he looked like a cult leader because they were all dressed in white or whatever. So, um, yeah. Funny thing, and uh, then he was on Kanye's podcast. I mean, Joe Rogan's yeah. podcast, and Joe Rogan would have stopped sucking oh, the dick. <laughs> I, I haven't seen. I still haven't seen that whole podcast. Like, I I want to get around to. It. Man, he was before he uh-huh. like years ago. Uh, you know, Joe Rogan would just make fun of Kanye or just even Kim and just make, you know, jokey remarks. Uh, but when he's on the podcast, man, he he's talking about, man, I always, always was a big fan of you. You know, I always thought you'd be something greater than, you know, you always have a mind for greatness. And, you know, just those type of statements yeah, that just, yeah, I think- I just saw, that just shows like, <laughs> oh, you got to chill, you know, just boosting his ego even yeah, more. Yeah, so much. yeah, I think about that, like, there's ego boosting and then it's like who who is the ego boosting coming from and a powerful person like joe rogan like that that could be devastating like that could have devastating effects bro like uh, uh, a compliment from joe rogan that's a big deal bro you know he's a very disciplined uh smart he falls for he falls he says he doesn't fall for those type of people but he, he definitely <laughs> falls for those type of people are also he's just bullshitting on his podcast you know he doesn't say anything uh, any, any bad remarks or doesn't want to tell the truth because you know once you get get at a le- level at a famous level you sometimes you just can't say what comes out of your mouth or what you yeah. really believe so he does the same thing with elon musk too man i don't know man oh yeah i'm not gonna lie the way he talks about elon musk does come off like man like he thinks of him as like albert einstein and i'm not saying elon musk isn't remarkable or a genius but like though he'll belittle himself to praise elon musk like he says, when he talks to Elon Musk, he just feels like a like a chimp, like a chimpanzee. And I'm like, I, I'll look at their conversation and be like, no, you're holding your own. Like you're just asking them questions about a, a, a area of expertise that you you don't have that much knowledge in. But like, bro, you're 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 talking with him. Like it ain't like he's light years ahead ahead of you. I don't know, man. I I, I felt a little un- uncomfortable seeing Joe Rogan belittle himself talking to Elon Musk or talking about him. Also, those type of people, you know, Elon, they're they're not. They might be smart, but they hire other smarter people 
who do the job for them. Yeah, and, and just, I feel like when you start talking, to, talking about much. people as like a messiah, we always talk about hero, hero worship. It ain't just about rappers, bro. Elon Musk is one of those people that people worship as like some sort of messiah figure. And, and when the public has that much, that much vested interest in every little thing you do and say, when you say things like the coronavirus ain't, you know, like, remember he, he said some, some statements downplaying the coronavirus before the pandemic really hit. And it, it made him kind of look kind of wild. Or he'll make some political statements that people will, will, will assume that he isn't really uh, educated about. And, you know, we, we all get caught slipping. But I'm just saying when, when, when it's somebody of that magnitude that people really worship, it, it could have like devastating effects. However, I, I do like the Joe Rogan disclaimer where he says, look, don't just come to me for any and everything. Like, like I'm, I'm, I'm a dumbass, blah, blah, blah. Like, we've heard him say that. But uh Interesting. Interestingly enough, Monty, we know that when you're a role model, when you're somebody of status, you can't control if you're a role model or not. Like that's literally not in nobody's control. I think you know how they say uh, beauty's in the eye of the beholder. I think a role model is in the eye of the beholder as well. You can't control, Monty, if somebody looks up to you or wants to be like you or wants to listen to every little thing you say. But that that's just a little quick tangent on that. But but Monty, like or, earlier, you like like thirty minutes before the podcast, you were talking about a very like a spicy topic you 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 were uh thinking about since since this week was kind of slow we we've been doing these past like three four episodes we've been doing discussion pieces or whatever generally surrounding like a top three artists in a certain category uh so what 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 are we looking at today today it's a very duffy spicy topic just like you mentioned so today we're gonna discuss or list several names that we think were timeless from this era, like artists from, it doesn't just have to be from hip hop. It could be any, any genre from, or just any artist from this current era or just even previous era, uh, the artists from previous era who are still popping right now. So, you know, we have several names. I actually have a lot of names and there's also a part two of this discussion where I'm going to list a bunch of names and artists from this era or popular artists. And I want, I want, I want, you know, DK Kovu to give his take on this and I also give my little take also, but we also have our, you know, three or five names that we think are going to be timeless from this era. But yeah, so let's get into it. But before we get into it though, I, I definitely want to, I definitely want to hear what you what what you think of when you hear the word timeless like what's your definition in terms of conditions so first when it off, comes to this i'd like to say like when we do these artist type listings this is all monty's idea and I, I've, I've been loving all of them like we did a top three artists that we feel like should make a comeback or, or could make a comeback and, and make good music uh there's the dream collaborations with producers uh conversation we had and now i feel like it progressively gets more and more difficult to me because when i hear timeless bro like Look, timeless doesn't have to be goat-ish, right? Like, because listen, you cannot like the Beatles' music, or you might think Elvis is like somebody that copied his sound from from a more authentic and organic black sound, you know. Um, but regardless, it's music that people love and enjoy on a big scale. That that that's that's viable decades after its release, right? Or uh, and and Elvis is one of those. So if we're going by that, if we're going by timeless acts that exist, even though you or I may not like them, but we still gotta admit that a lot of people in this era do listen to them and love them. Then that means that there's a certain level of there's a certain level of like 
objectivity we kind of got to bring to this. Uh, now, objectivity, objectivity in art is, is a real tricky thing. But if we're talking the closest thing to a, a, a objective metric we could use is something like popularity, numbers, album sales or whatever. But let's also be honest, bro. There are people that can sell five million albums in, a, in two or three years. And then a, a, a decade later, nobody wants to listen to that shit. Like, so, bro. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, to bring bring it back, uh, bring back a name from our earlier discussion. Six exactly. nine is definitely six nine is the opposite. Mad of numbers, and he he wouldn't let you uh, forget about that either. He would not let you forget about the numbers that he did uh, versus people that we the, that the culture loves, whether it's uh, YG, whether it's uh, um, a bunch of people. I, I don't even want to go back into six nine or the names that he listed, but that's a good that's a good uh, example of somebody that did mad numbers, but isn't necessarily somebody you think that a decade or two from now, people are going to be like, yo, play that six nine record. I, I think that's bro. Soldier boy, soldier boy in 2005, 2006. Yeah. He had cranked that soldier boy, but he had a, a bunch of other hits and here we are in 2021. I don't hear nobody playing it, bro. Uh, 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 Silento, the guy that just killed uh, allegedly uh, murdered somebody, yeah. his cousin, I, I believe. He had the like a billion or two billion viewed hit with Nene. Now, dance records exist in a different, like, I don't know, space time continuum, right? Like, because there's, there's the electric slide or whatever. So maybe, but I don't know, maybe the actions yeah, of the yeah. artist may like uh, 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 push people away from dancing to that record. But that record might be quote unquote timeless. But regardless, so, so my point in bringing that up is timeless does not have to be like some, something you view as the greatest thing ever. It, it doesn't have to be that. And and so this. Nah, nah. Yeah, it's not like your favorite artist. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Timeless. So, it's, so it's you kinda, look at it with a different. You got to look at it way different. Metric. So this, 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 these type of lists get progressively harder and harder, but I like it. Like whatever gets the noggin jogging, as they say. But luckily, a lot, uh, quite a bit of my list is people that I really do enjoy. Um, and it says I'm being political or anything like that. Like, I really do enjoy these guys. So I guess. Uh... Actually, yeah, I actually had the mm-hmm. same type of criteria for it. I actually wanted to list some, a lot of the artists that I enjoy, but also think that a lot of people will be listening to for years to come. Also people from previous era might also enjoy also. And it's kind of difficult with hip hop because, you know, hip hop, uh, it hasn't really existed for you know decades and decades for a long yeah, time. You know, it's it's, it's young, bro. mainly Hip-hop became like popular I think the in the eighties, so late eighties. Right so you're right about that. Uh, yeah, yeah. So we got to be loose with this. You know, we we don't want to be very restrictive. But yeah, I, I tried to you know base it on that that I think people are, who might still be popular, but that's that that's not that's like the. That's not the end all be all when it comes to this, but you know, people that I think will be wow. listening to for decades to come. And I'll say my first name, man. And this is the name that I think you also gonna have on your list. Bro, you think Hell yes, uh, that's excited I'm talking about. I love the weekend, but give me your reasons. Yeah, man. For my reasons, man, I feel like Weekend has surpassed himself over the years. And with each album, I also looked at how some artists approach their albums, how they approach it differently with each album. Because, you know, Weekend, he does not stick with just one sound. With almost every album, or almost even every single, 
uh, every every year, every every almost decades, he, he kind of changes up. And you know, with the recent album, he definitely went a lot more, you know, a, a, almost a retro retro take on it. But you know, weekend week the weekend is not like a retro artist, but he definitely has a story behind his albums. But but if you just listen to it, the weekend his voice in general is just like a timeless voice, man. And I feel like you know, people from back in the day, people in the future are still going to be still going to listen to this type of music or someone with this type of voice and singing ability. And The Weeknd, I feel like he's going to be, he's going to, he's pretty Bro, much here to stay, man. He's not going to go that's, anywhere. That's a great take. Um, yeah, man, I echo all of those sentiments. Um, I've been, I've been rocking with The Weeknd since uh, House of Balloons, man, um, early 2010s. And I knew he was something special back then. And the funny thing is, he has a record called Rolling Stone that serves as a double entendre. So in one vein, you think he's talking to a girl, uh, but but the, but there's another uh, there's another layer where he's talking to his fan base. And the line goes something like, uh, "You need to love me before they all love me." And and in other words, it's, it's uh, the Rolling Stone song, by the way. He's telling you like, "I'm going to be huge, and I'm one day I will be on that pop." Mount Rushmore, and you, you're going to want to appreciate what, like, what I'm giving to you now, because whether you like it, like my music in the future, or don't, there's still always going to be this. So, so give me my flowers while, while, while I'm here. Like we, the weekend, even as early as House of Blooms knew that he has something, there was some confidence in there. There was like hip hop swagger there. And um, yeah, bro, it's a subject matter. Like, like people boil it down to simple, like little sayings, simple phrases, like uh, ange- uh, uh, demonic words plus angelic voice equals the weekend. And I think that's a big thing, bro. Like he has a soft, soft voice that a lot of women would call. Yeah, yeah, the mic, almost the Michael Jackson effect, where you know that that it's not even similar, I would say, but it still has that. It still sounds in a way where, man, it's definitely yeah, a lot of yeah, people definitely. are gonna enjoy. And not not, not, just, not to mention, not, not bro, just he didn't redo "Dirty Diana" for nothing. Yeah. "Dirty Diana" is one of Michael Jackson's like classic like hits, and The Weeknd like redid it and did a modern version of it, word for word, but just a darker tone. Like the instrumental was like darker and it was louder and it was beautiful, bro. Like like The Weeknd knows that there's some like Michael Jackson like influence. There's I don't know. It just whether it's on a conscious or subconscious level, there, there's that Michael Jackson influence in him. He might not dance like Michael Jackson, but boy, it's just another level. Like, like there's, there's nobody. He has his own lane in R&B, and he likes to tell people when, when, when people are trying to start, like trying to sound like him. And there have been like a lot of people, uh, a lot of R&B people, all of his quote unquote peers, a lot of his quote unquote peers trying to sound like him, borrow certain elements of his sound. And they say imitation is the greatest form of flattery. And there's a lot of people that's trying to flatter the weekend. I, I don't got to name names. You guys listen to R&B, I'm sure. But it's also the subject matter, the, the, the hopeless romantic uh, narrative, the, 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 the drug addict narrative. The, 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 bro, he had the, a huge hit called The Hills where he says, I just fucked two, I just, I just two bitches before I saw you. So you're going to have to do me at my tempo. You know, always trying to send me off to rehab. Drugs starting to feeling like they decaf, like really dark lyrics, but so catchy. And, and you look at the video, bro. If you're a conspiratorial thinker, you might think the weekend is sold his soul to the Illuminati, dog. It, it did look very dark and demonic. Matter of fact, he had a, a kind of a character because the weekend is an artistic, like he's an artistic 
visionary dog. There's a reason that he put millions of dollars of his own money for that Super Bowl performance. That Super Bowl performance, he put millions of dollars of his own money into it. Like that lets you know, like like he, he has a he has his head screwed on tight and he has a really really good vision. Like he don't let other people take care of of his image, bro. Like the the whole Vegas thing where like because the theme of this album after hours, he's like like Cali Cali isn't the home for him no more. Everything's the same. It's not what it seems. So now Las Vegas, the Sin City, if you will. That's kind of the theme of of, of this last album or, or like a narrative. I don't know if he like literally lives there, but the character on his album yeah. definitely is that where California. he lives. Though? And 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 one of my favorite songs on the album, or one of the more introspective songs on his album, "Snow Child," where where by the way he got an anime style video to that song "Snow Child," bro, and it's literally him going from being homeless to just showing you his journey, like the dreadlocks, the the area, the surroundings, from House of Balloons to Echoes of Silence to. Uh, 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 the trilogy to Kiss Land to Beauty Behind the Madness to, to Starboy like like the video meticulously shows you everything and then it shows you his his new self and it's it's him leaving uh, uh, California and then here's the interesting thing Monty in that video he sees a mirage of Toronto and he gets happy just to find out that it's really Las Vegas so he's gonna make it you know make himself right at home there bro that type of I don't know, dog. I, I love it, dog. I really fuck with the weekend. And this is the latest album. One thing I wanted to say is, bro, Kissland. I'm just now, I'm sorry to all the Kissland fans. When it first came out, I was like, yo, this, this shit sounds good. But I didn't have it on repeat. I was still stuck on the goddamn the goddamn trilogy. I was playing the trilogy like a, a, a mf -er. And if you guys know, Kissland, it's kind of like a sonic, uh, a, a, it's, a, it's a more, it's like a departure from the trilogy. And it's him like doing a whole new sound, which should be applauded. That should be applauded. Whether you you you're more of a fan of the weekend's older music, you can't say his album, his latest albums are just straight up trash. Like like you're gonna have to have a hard time convincing me uh, of why you would even think that's okay to think. Uh, but people have taste, and at the time, Kissland wasn't my cup of tea. Monty, if if in the past four or five months that haven't been like the top five albums that I've been listening to on repeat from front to back, back to front, you know, it's it's a masterpiece, bro. And Kissland came out in like. 2012 2013 and i'm just now like hopping on it like like viciously as of like four months ago and i think when when it comes to timelessness when we're thinking about these artists take one of their works one of their oldest works and think like yo what if that dropped yesterday what if that dropped last week would it be would it sound dated or would it sound like it would it would make itself right at home in this era in this time period and kiss land absolutely could have came in place of after hours and and, and did numbers yeah. and, and did spectacular so that just proves it to me kiss land came out in 2013 20, 2012 2013 if it came out in 2021 people would react to it as if it's like the freshest shit ever and that's what it sounds like to my ears bro it doesn't sound like 2013 music it's not time, time it's not in a time capsule and i believe i'll have these same feelings uh, uh, in 2030 and 2040 and, you know, showing my kids like, yo, you don't know nothing about good music, man. This is what we used to listen to. Like the weekend's going to be one of those artists. So yeah, man, I'm giving, I'm, I got to give the weekend his flowers, man. He's definitely that. And I'm, I, I knew we were going to have at yeah. least one person like on our list together. Cause again, we, we have similar tastes, but, uh, what's up, man? Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, the the more the more I hear you talk about the weekend, and the the more bro, you, some XO you know, fans break down why you like your mom. I'm pretty much convinced. Matter of fact, there's some XO fans that will look man. at you crazy for calling the weekend the weekend and not calling them able. You know, like I. Mm. That's that's why that's why I can't really see. That's why I wouldn't say they're their biggest fan because they took it, they took it they take it to a more personal level and. You got to separate that where mm, you're going yeah, to, you, good you're, you're pretty a, much that's, that's reaching Stan level yeah, at man, that I'm, point. I'm big that's why I said biggest fan, you know? It's crazy that his 2013 release has been dominating uh, uh, my playlist uh, as of today. I'm loving it. I'm like, bro, where was I when this came out? Like, I listened to it, but I didn't really listen to it and appreciate it. I appreciate it now. And uh, yeah, man, that's, that's what's up. So, um, Monty, how, how does that work, though? Like, you gave your name. But it was also a name of mine, and I just broke down why I lo- love the weekend. Yeah, you definitely yeah, yeah, give yeah. your second um, name, man. I definitely so interested to hear. I'm a, From here, I'm I know it gets like harder and harder. People, and then rounding it off, I'll go with the more uh, predicting, like trying to predict if somebody would be uh, timeless or whatever. Uh, cause I think the weekend has a track record of already sh- showing that, Oh yeah, there's some timeless, uh, uh, essence to his music. So this next guy now, listen, I was going to say just like, he's, he just seems like he's in all my damn list because he's the goat to me. I was going to say Kendrick Lamar. Now I'm not counting, but, but, but see, I had a shorter, cause I, I wrote like little bullet bulletin points or whatever. Man, and that's my second I name too. Use Kendrick bro. Lamar to segue into another name because I feel like I keep saying Kendrick Lamar's name, bro. People are like, "All right, bro, we get it. You like Kendrick Lamar?" But when we're talking about timeless music, bro, this, one man made "Good Kid, Mad City" and then turned around and made "How to Pimp a Butterfly." That's like all I gotta really say. If you listen to those projects, dog, like, like "How to Pimp a Butterfly" has trap, 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 jazz fusion mixed in all these genres and. And 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 just uh, you got to be in a certain mood to really like absorb what Kendrick is saying on how to pimp a butterfly, and I believe what he said. Like like I believe the music on pimp how to pimp a butterfly will resonate. The messages, the vibes will resonate in 2050, 2060. I do believe those will qualify as the ODs, the 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 classics, and it's using like jazz and and music that already had like it already has timeless elements in baked into that album. Um. And so, so there's that. Good kid, Matt City, bro. Bitch, don't kill my vibe. Money trees. Uh, uh, that came out in what 2012. Good kid, Matt City. You want to take it back before that? Okay, Section 80, which was like, a, like, like his take on 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 the 80s babies, his generation. You know, that's always gonna be like a story to tell. And and the music there, high power. You know, um, yeah, bro. Kendrick has 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 a lot of timeless music, man. I still go back to overly dedicated which came out in like what 2010 and has the heart part two, which is like my favorite song in the heart series. Uh, yeah. Dog, the, the, the passion and pain that Kendrick Lamar puts in and then somehow manages to like, like he sounds like he should be like for a lot of people, his lyrical content is representative of, of somebody that people think like, Oh, that he raps really good, but he'll never make it to the billboards because he's too lyrical miracle whatever but it's something to be said about Kendrick Lamar's artistry and his artistic vision as well and I think that's going to be like a a a through line you can see with The Weeknd Kendrick and anybody else I mentioned they have a vision crafted outside of just to to make timeless music I believe you got to be better 
than just your vocals. You got to be better than just rapping. Like there has to be a productive, like a production element to like your, your, your vision. It can't just be like just jumping on any random beat and just singing or rapping for the hell of it. Like they, these dudes are geniuses. These are legitimate musical geniuses, geniusness. And I think uh, low key, a prerequisite of being a musical genius might be music that is built to translate throughout decades. I think that might be a, and, 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 and the sad thing is there's musical geniuses that will never be discovered, but that doesn't take away yeah, from the fact yeah. that their music is still quote unquote built to be timeless, even though we may never hear it. So I, I think that's a through line that we're going to get to, but um, yeah, man, but Kendrick Lamar's on your list as well. So I'll, I'll let you expand on that if you want. Man, this this was an obvious choice, but I was actually, you know, with every almost every list, we always tend to put Kendrick and J. Cole in there. And I was like, man, I can't put both of these names again because it seems like, you know, we're pretty much repeating over and over with the same name. So I had to pick and choose between Kendrick and J. Cole. And it it almost seems like obvious choice to pick Kendrick because, you know, even though he even though it's just hip hop, because, you know, if you're not into hip hop, someone might not really be a fan of Kendrick. I don't know, but he's still within the realm of hip hop. He's definitely timeless, man. And, you know, he, he's such a timeless artist that his shit is being taught in schools, pretty much his albums. And that, that's, what's insane to me. And I think that's definitely, a, that definitely adds a lot of points to your, definitely adds a lot of perks to your name to being timeless. If you're, if your shit is being taught in schools and people are looking at it more you know, deeper level than just, than just listen to it as, as any type of music. And I think, you know, that's the obvious reason, but, you know, just like The Weeknd, but even more so than The Weeknd, his every album, he, he comes out with something different. It's like each album has a, has a story behind it, a different type of sound. And I, I just can't wait to see what, what he comes out with next. And, and I think he's going to, he's going to be here for a long time, man. And he's going to also, oh, uh, Ken, Pulitzer, isn't the Kendrick the an artist who also right? won something won an award or type of type of yeah 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 and it's like he's pretty much you know breaking out the breaking out the genre and pretty much winning um, awards like scholarly awards that is pretty insane to accolade to bring up despite the fact that those awards can't define you know great music because as we've seen the grammys did uh fuck over the weekend with after hours that's still crazy to me bro they didn't nominate them at all like like, but it's still something to be said that somebody like Kendrick Lamar from Compton, a rapper, a rapper's rapper, to 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 win an award like that, something that rappers don't generally win. That 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 that's something to be said about. Also, also versatility too, man. Because Kendrick, yeah. he could, if you listen to a lot of his albums, he could. Yeah, he he goes over a lot of modern beats, modern a lot of old school beats. That also has to do a lot of with timelessness, because you know uh, he could rap on a lot of modern beats, uh, older beats, also futuristic beats. Yeah. So whatever whatever comes next, so he's definitely definitely adds more adds more perks to him being timeless. So you know that's like an obvious name, but the I know okay. I'm, I'm excited want, to hear what, what's the wanna... next one because. I can't really think of what, what, so what, what type of name would be next in your list after these A lot these of people, it's going to show if they're really thinking about timeless yeah, yeah, and the criteria of what, what it takes to be timeless. It, it, it might split hairs a little bit, or it might show the separation between you don't necessarily have to be the quote-unquote GOAT 
and and have timeless music, right? The reason I say this is because, Monty, there's a lot of people that that still believe that Drake does not have one classic album, not not one, right? But Drake dominated a whole freaking decade, dog. Mm. The 2010s is Drake's decade. Yeah, Billboard hits, clap like 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 Ali. He calls it assist, but like uh, his uh, uh collaborations. His where he where he just randomly jumps on a new artist's record and then like gives that artist like a like a lifeline and uh, they call it the Drake stimulus package. Like it's it's, it's it would be different if these were like sporadic hits spread throughout the decade, but no, it's jam packed. Bro, uh, uh, five days ago I was in the store, just randomly listening to Thank Me Later songs, which was like an album that Drake came out with. And I believe 2009, 2010, I might be getting these years like off by like one year, but I believe it was 2009, 2010. And his voice tone sounds different. You could tell like, like, like Drake of then and Drake of now, like his voice sounds different, like more heavier, more mature now than it did then. But he still has the Miss Me record, the Money to Blow song, the Over record. And I'm listening to this like, bro, I, like I'm still vibing at, like, like I did like eight years ago. And I think that's the mark, again, just looking at this through line, like looking at the artists that we named, their oldest records and playing it now. And how do you feel about it? Like try try to minus the nostalgia and think of it as a metric. Like, yo, what if it came out today? I think the Miss Me beat is really, really, really great. And I'm not saying that everything Drake made prior to like 2012 was like, uh, was, was beyond being dated. I'm not saying all the songs that Drake has ever made, uh, like aren't, aren't dated at all. I'm just saying that he has so many records, so many number ones. So he did more. Uh, he, he likes to brag about having more hits than the Beatles. And you want to talk about timeless to a lot of people, you know, the boomers or whatever. The Beatles that, that is timeless. Like you can't spell timeless without spelling the Beatles for a lot of people. Drake has more hits than the Beatles. And so that, yeah. that look. I may I, I may say that Take Care is a classic. That's another conversation for another day. Like, who, uh, does Drake have a classic album or whatever? I believe he does. But even if he doesn't, even if you think like, yo, you know, because there's good albums and there's classics. You hold classics on that masterpiece pedestal. But this shows you, because I believe Kendrick Lamar and The Weeknd definitely has classics and masterpieces. But a lot of people don't believe Drake does. But despite that, it doesn't matter. 20 years from now, 30 years from now, you're not going to be able to pick anything through the 2010 decade and and, 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 and go too long without bringing up Drake. You're going to have to like skip a whole decade. And that's something that people aren't not going to like, aren't going to do. Monty, at the end of the day, when we're like looking back at older records, what do we call it? We're like, oh, 70s music, 80s music, 90s music, 2000s music. You're not going to pick the 2010s playlist and not hear Drake. Like it's impossible. <laughs> It's impossible. And the scary yeah. thing is he's showing no sign of stopping. Whether you hate Tussie Slide or not, whether whether you hate Laugh That's uh, uh, Laugh Now, yeah. Cry Later or not. Like it he's still he's still he's everywhere, bro. People like listen, you know another artist that I may I maybe could have said, and he was actually trending on Twitter because people feel like he wasn't appreciated enough, is T Pain. Monty, once upon a time T Pain was everywhere. But people kind of got tired of the auto-tune sound. So he was on every hit for like a good two, three, maybe four years. But it started slowing down majorly. And T-Pain started not being on the billboards as much. So there being years where he's not like in the top 10, top 30, top 40 at all. And the top 40 billboard hits without T-Pain on it, once upon a time, was like, that's, that's impossible. 
But my point of saying that is, ex, ex, like, look at T-Pain's legendary run and extend that for 10 plus years and imagine him still, like, being on top, like, like, like getting big, arguably bigger than he ever was. Like, that's crazy to me. And rather people want to say, oh, he has ghostwriters. Rather people want to say, oh, Take Care is his only classic album. And The Weeknd gave him eight of those songs. It doesn't matter, bro. He has timeless music. Drake is timeless. He's timeless. You can hate him as much as you want. Me and you uh, both know, Monty, that Faith hates Drake. But at the end of the day, at the end of the day, she knows that he's beyond popular. He's he's, he's transcended popular. Um, and I, I just believe that yeah, I believe Drake's one of those ones, Monty. I don't think you can look at the, this decade or this last decade and, and, and remove Drake from the timelessness conversation. He might be arguably number one out of all the people we've named. I, I don't even want to say that because I, I love The Weeknd and Kendrick too much, but I'm just saying just the sheer amount of hits, the quantity. You know how they say quality over quantity? In this case, and I, I think Drake has more quality than, than, than just quantity. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying for a lot of people, speaking from people that hate Drake, because I've seen those people that, oh, Drake doesn't deserve his spot. He's not this. He's not that. Quantity overwhelms them. Like, it's hard to argue the amount of sheer hits that he has. And it wasn't just a run. It's like a, it's beyond a run. It's, I don't need, people don't even know what to call it because we've never seen somebody like this in hip hop before. Ever. Ever. So, um. Yeah, he he pretty much broke uh, hip hop almost. He's he's definitely one of the most popular artists, and you know, obviously compared to Kendrick and uh, The Weeknd, he's not as versatile. But that doesn't really matter because if you just look back and if you if you mention like yo put put on some hip hop music from let's say twenty twenty tens or twenty twenties, and Drake is gonna be on that playlist, man. He's definitely gonna be people gonna remember his name. And he's gonna be he's gonna be like an artist, say Bruce Springsteen, Bruce Springsteen, or or Bob Dylan. You know, within their even though those artists are within their genres and they're and not know, as you know is, they're not as crazy versatile, but they're still they're still remembered more than one uh, that Drake today. Is on. And that's crazy. I think that's I where it comes that, to be timeless. Drake's you know? on those. So so all three of those names Drake has worked with. Like so, even if you want to go back to like The Weeknd or Kendrick Lamar's hits, yeah, you're gonna pop. You're gonna see Drake on, on a couple of those feature lists. So. Also, he also him being a you know singer and a rapper also gives him a great a great benefit because you know singing, I think singing definitely has a lot, a lot more power to being timeless because you know rapping is kind of yeah, well, restrictive. You know, with Kendrick, yeah, obviously he could break out of that. Time. Like, but, you know, yeah, singing is, it kind of opens up a whole new realm run, when it comes run to the being bigger timeless. risk of being in a box like in that box being what's called dated more so than than, than singing those melodies are and there's it's no mistake like hip-hop became more melodic and got even bigger right and so um yeah you might be you might be on to something something like that and yeah yeah very few rappers uh, i would think uh, are would be timeless if you're very, you know, restrictive, if you just, if, if they are, if they're only rapping and that's the perfect segue because on, on the, the name, the next artist on my list is definitely another, another rapping, full on rapping artist. And I was actually going back and forth if I should add this name on there, but 
Man, I gotta put Eminem on my list, bro. Cause you look at it. Oh my God. Oh, I was looking back. He has a number one album in the nineties, two thousands, two thousand tens, and twenty twenties. Four decades. And I was like, man, I, I cannot put, I cannot, you know, take him out of this list. Cause even though, you know, Eminem has, you know, he's not as, uh, he might be, you know, he's just a rapper and he's not really, he's not really that crazy, goes crazy, but he still has his own sound, right? But I feel like he's that type of rapper that, you know, he just, he's just global. Everybody knows Eminem. And I think over next year, he's going to be, even, even if you mentioned the genre rap, Eminem might be the first name oh, in a lot yeah, of that's, people. Yeah, that's that's songs, a great you know? choice, man. That's gonna um, be the yeah, first thing that comes out of there. I didn't think about it, but like, it, comes it, out of it their makes sense. It's not I feel like Eminem like, definitely got to be on there. Four decades, bro. That's forty plus years. Like a lot of these people, like let's say they they stop at twelve years. We're, like we're we're trying to evaluate if their music is going to last, uh, uh, you know, ten, twenty more years after that. But Eminem's been rapping so long, he's not even giving us a chance to evaluate if it's if his music would last but yeah i do believe though if eminem stopped rapping in the early 2010s his music was so his music was so impactful him uh and it ain't just him being white it's just the pack everything the package came with the slim shady thing the the kim records it it was deeper than than shock value because i can i can name you artists that did shock value and they were here today gone tomorrow there was actual technical lyrical skill i believe kendrick said on a technical level as a wordsmith there's not anybody that can really see Eminem. Um, and, and so that goes to your point, Monty, like you just brought up somebody that's rapidly, rapidly as, as hell, but still marks that box. Like he's not, uh, he's not caged in despite the fact that he might, you know, fans have criticized him for trying to sing his own hooks and stuff like that, but it, it doesn't matter. He's Eminem. Yeah. Yeah. He, he he's like the rap artist that even people who are not into rap might like because you know you hear the pretty much meme where you know I hate rap music but I love that. And, and, and here's the thing: I feel like me or you might hate that scene, right? Being, Despite, you know, timeless still, when you know people. But that still who, plays a big like rap part in being might timeless. Say Eminem, I'm a big uh, fan um, of Eminem. I always thought it was interesting to like have somebody not like a genre. Yeah, yeah. But man. have it's them like, bro, be a fan yeah. of you, even though you make that music that's considered in that genre. Like, whether it's Eminem or whether it's Drake. Drake has a lot of fans like that, too. Man, I don't really like hip-hop or all that rap stuff, but the guy that sings Hotline Bling and Controller, like, man, you know. So, yeah, <laughs> so, yeah Eminem has to be in there. I, I thought about him. I, I did think about him as well. There was no way I wouldn't include him in his list. <laughs> Yeah. Okay. Okay. Actually, yeah. Um, there's a lot of so, names because we, so we have a part I'm, two. I'm of going into the next, the latter phase of, of my list. We'll give our quick thoughts on so those if we think they're the timeless or not. Side. Go ahead. Got you, got you. So somebody that I yeah, believe yeah. is going to be that's timeless. actually perfect because I already have two, two names, that that two names left, that are left that, that, uh, that they kind of fit that criteria. With subject matter, his approach being so uniquely his, and the numbers that he do, even though it's so understated, that reminds me of somebody I know, Monty. <laughs> but it's NF, dog. My. 
So, so not only did he make a record and called then, like, Oh, that's an interesting name. I would not think of that name when it comes to, but I definitely want to hear you. Know, hear I, I look at reaction videos. Looking at reaction videos is like a hobby of mine. That's one of the records that I've seen the people cry most off of, right? It struck a chord. And I like darker, I, I like sad, I like sad songs. I like real life music. I like dark music. And I like people reacting to it. NF has made the most people cry off of his. And when you can stir that much of an emotion and get people to do it on camera, because a lot of people don't like crying. Secondly, they don't like people seeing them cry. But NF has had records that move people to that point. Um, that, that one record, I can't even remember the name of it. It's one of his bigger hits talking about uh, let you down. I let you down. That's the, I'm talking pop records right now, by the way, that how could you leave us was like a, I don't even want to call it a pop song because NF, that's another reason why I'm calling him Tom is because he manages to have like this pop, like kind of a catchy hook that can play on a uh, uh, pop radio, but lace it with soul and pain. His subject matter is dark. Like how could you leave us is about his mom choosing addiction over them. The other song let you down talk is talking about how much of a failure he feels like he is in his, in his parents' eyes. Like that's, something that's a lot that's super relatable imagine all the college kids and christians or whatever that felt just felt to live up to their parents expectations and are struggling because what they want and what their parents want is two totally different things and right now i'm I'm talking about premise but those premises was executed well but even if you go to his catalog his body of work monty monty remember earlier i said it's it's the the visionary aspect that i feel like is a is a a common theme you're going to see in these names when everybody, every time somebody raps or looks at an NF video, like out of order or something, like react to some of his newer stuff, and they see that fucking uh, uh, black balloon and that, that cart that he carries around, and they don't know about the album narrative, they, they then like search deeper. They want to they wanna rip open the mystery. They want to know like, yo, what's up with this? What's up with this music video? And NF is one of those people that has a storyline through every video. Those black balloons that you see is him carrying his burdens. Speaking of burdens... Uh, uh, you know, Jesus, he, he had, he had arguably the biggest burden there ever was to have. NF is a Christian, but he raps with an aggression that I was surprised, like, like his music really walks that line between Christian music and secular, right? I, I believe there, there's like Christian rappers and a rapper that happens to be Christian. And to me, NF is a rapper that happens to be Christian, but has the most Christian like kind of themes in it to the point where like, it had to be brought to my attention by like, I think a news article or a YouTuber that says, bro, NF doesn't even curse. And Monty, that shocked me because, A, that's very unique. But B, the energy that he brought and the aggression in some of his songs, if you had to give me the guess, like like in th- th- three seconds, I would assume there might have been like an F word in there or or, 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 or a, a something word in there, a, pro- a profane word. He, he doesn't put profanity in his music. And then he has a song called uh, I'm Paralyzed, where he's singing like singing in a melodic, like a melodic way. It ain't like he's singing like uh, The Weeknd or anything, but it shows his versatility. That song with the subject matter, feeling like he's numb. Like, And, and when did he become so numb? I can relate with that. The darkness, depression, he, he'll, he'll use something like, when have, since when have I become ashamed? If you look at Genius, there's like double meanings because he's talking about like, as a Christian, when have I been so ashamed of God? But it doesn't matter because if you're secular, if you're a, if you're an atheist that loves secular music, you're going to listen to that NF song and not even you might not even get that, but but feel like NF is talking directly to you. This is a Christian we're talking about, like somebody that really cares about his faith a lot, that has a lot of Christians uh, atheists in his fan base. So I, I think there's like a strong spiritual element to NF's music that really like 
it, it, it bridges unity. But yeah, bro, he doesn't curse. He does numbers. He's understated. He has that mystery factor, that same factor that was popular in the 80s and 90s before the social media age. That same thing that The Weeknd and Kendrick Lamar does. What I mean by that is they don't play the social media game to where they got you, you got to they got to put themselves in front of your face every like two days. They don't do that, yeah. bro. And F actually rapped about this. He knows that like he's not super super talked about on 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 a podcast or whatever when he doesn't have a problem. Yeah. Yes, and 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 I remember the stat, bro. Chance the rapper. We talked about Chance the rapper. Well, wasn't was hey, that uh, that probably uh, adds to it, you know? Because even though people are not coming back, right? People are still there listening to you. was a shocking stat that like. If you would have asked the average person, you know, who's bigger Chance the Rapper or NF, many people will say Chance the Rapper. But those numbers told a different story. The number of out, bro, people yeah. love NF, his, his fan base and him, he's there. It's understated. It's like a quiet dominance. It's a quiet dominance. But it did more than Chance the Rapper. And Chance the Rapper yeah. was hip-hop's golden child that can do no wrong. And that reminded me of, uh, I think, Kendrick Lamar. One of his projects, like, outsold Chris Brown's one year. If you would have asked the person at oh, that yeah. time, I think it was it might have been Good Kid, Mad City. Uh, like who, who's more famous, Chris Brown or Kendrick Lamar? People say Chris Brown, but if you look at those numbers, it would tell at the time it would had told you a different story. That's timeless stuff to me. Now NF hasn't. I wasn't listening to NF in 2011, 2012, 2013, 2014. He's like still growing into his own. I think he's really found himself. But this is more of a prediction more than anything, because 10 years from now, maybe people don't like NF as much as I do. Maybe it isn't as timeless as I think it is. Maybe the subject matter is strong, but it might sound dated to people. But he's one of my predictions, bro. I think there's something really special about him I, I, to rep with, rap with so much aggression to somebody that might come from the hood and, and, and not even recognize like, yo, he, he hasn't used one profane word and he hasn't said anything that would violate like uh, uh, like what a Christian believes in. You know, uh, um, and he raps about like hating himself, having a slogan called real, the real, but feel like he's the fakest. So he shows his like vulnerabilities. Yeah, bro. That's 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 my argument. I believe I believe NF 10 years from now, people will be like, yo, this NF guy is is great. And not just listening to his recent music. I think he's already put out music like uh, uh, in the last couple of years that will be listened to uh, uh, 10 years from now. So, boom, Monty, I know you didn't see I know you didn't see him coming. I know you didn't see him coming. Man, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I didn't see it coming because yeah, you pretty much gave an essay on why you think uh, why you think he's definitely gonna be a timeless artist. And I definitely see NF heading towards that Eminem lane where he's that type of artist that a lot of people don't even listen to rap, might be a fan of, and I definitely see why you put him on your list, man. Yeah, and my next artist also is kind of. I feel like. It's, it's yeah, the most yeah, yeah. obvious artist from this box on it, right? era, said, like from artist. this era. She did Bro, not exist from like say, 2010s even. With, uh, and uh, I think, Khalid, you know, Billie Eilish, right? Whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was her biggest hit. That's almost a billion. That I think that was one of the songs that kind of blew her up, but... Just besides that songs, yeah, she she's been you know just putting out so many records and her album that came out last year was I think the one the one of the most sold albums or it might have been the most sold album sorry maybe Taylor Swift kind of beat her to it but 
she was definitely one of the most sold albums. And it's crazy how popular she is from this era, man. And yeah. why, I, why, why I put her in this list is, man, she, she can do this type of, you know, mainstream pop, popper sound that you could dance to or just go crazy. Uh, people, all the kids love it. People make TikToks to it. But also she has that style where she could, you know, sing and that make that melancholy type music where it's like super sad and, and the type of shit that a lot of people cry to even. And, and she, she's very versatile, man. And, and it seems like she's not slowing down, man. And with every single new song she comes out, it's like a guaranteed is going to get like over hundred million views. And it's, it's pretty crazy. And that's no, that's no, that's no, you know, that's no chump change. And it's, it's, it's a lot of money she's making a lot of, a lot of views she's getting. And I think she's kind of broke into that realm where she's kind of global and pretty much anybody uh, all over the world kind of knows her name at this point. Like, but she still has a lot to go, a lot to go to become, you know, that type of artist that maybe yeah. like a Michael Jackson type artist or even a bigger artist. And I feel like she has a high, high ceiling and she just got started and she's only, only, I think she's not even 21, I think. And it's, it's crazy. Yeah. Man. So she's gonna, she has a lot of, she has a long career ahead of her and I feel like she's gonna, she's gonna, she's gonna be doing well for a long time, man. And also another thing, she 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 made a song, you know. She if you if you if you count as the artists that are popping, if you know if you know when when a movie comes out, the Bond films, right? They always have a singer from Ooh. from a certain decade who they think kind of magnifies that type of sound. And remember back in the day, I think when Skyfall came out, Adele was like the biggest singer from 2010s, and she made a she made a huge song like that was popular with. It just it just became such a huge song. I think it's called. It was just pretty much called the movie title Skyfall, and Billy Eilish also yeah. has the has the song has a Bond song for for the newest film, and I think that also shows like yo, <laughs> people are taking her seriously, and a lot of mainstream people or people in the Hollywood realm also see her as a type of artist that that are very versatile that could fit that type of style, and you know that type of style that kind of kind of very because you know she, she has a different type of song and i feel like you know, i feel you i don't know probably, much about her but her influence is not to be crazy understated her, but um, you know, i feel like she's, like, she's definitely i've never heard a that, record from her to stay. where i was like nah nah and and so and she makes music in a genre that i don't generally like listen to and that's another thing i think at least the song i heard kind of transcended uh just a pop genre or a pop uh appeal because a lot of times we pop has one pop is one of those words with a negative stigma on it. Like when you hear pop, a lot of people take it as anti-soul, anti-feeling. It's very mechanical or machine oriented. And that's not the feeling I got from Billie Eilish. And her fan base is insane. You're right, bro. Like she's she's putting up those uh uh BTS numbers, right? The 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 the, the South Korean boy band artist numbers. That's crazy. That's crazy. But you mentioned uh, Adele. Adele could be on this list, by the way. Rolling in the deep. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah, bro. Yeah. Adele can just stop whatever she's doing right now in, in the record she already had. Bro, I think she went like diamond. Yeah, that was gonna I was like, gonna bring like, that up uh, later on. I don't know. Yeah, she has like an like a crazy like stack. She's the Adele and she's one of those people this, that this gets almost. old people to like buy music. Older folks to buy music, right? And that should tell you. That should tell you everything. If she can get 70, 60, 70 year old people to like buy music on iTunes or stream or whatever, use technology that they're not used to, 
that just screams timelessness. <laughs> yeah, right? yeah, yeah. Uh, so, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah, that's perfect that you bring that up because I think Billie Eilish, you know, they have a YouTube channel that's called React. I think they have like old people, young people react to a lot of different shit. Uh, they had they had Billie Eilish. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I think I, I definitely know the channel you're talking about. They, they really focus on the music and, and uh, that kind of tells you that she definitely <laughs> has a wider appeal. <laughs> like and the subject matter you know, that, of the weekend, also like what do you think about? Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's definitely like a formula to those videos, but I'm not mad at it. I think it's a, a good social experiment. Like, I think it's cool to get this quote unquote. Oh, yeah, they probably showed a lot of the more explicit weekend songs or music videos, right? Yeah. 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 But every now and then they'll be like, <laughs> yeah, they always get scared. Like, 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 oh, like, oh, man. Get I don't know. Every now and then, right? But you know, but, uh, they're, they're going, that's, that's you know, the they're going crazy when young, they're young. I don't know. Like, uh, that type of music. Listen to that. People from multiple generations, from like Gen X to the boomers and beyond, to listen to like, you know, music of the day and see their reactions. I think that's a, a good little litmus test in terms of like I don't know, timeless music or whatever I don't know, but uh man that's 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 I didn't see that one coming bro like just like you didn't see uh NF coming I definitely didn't see you saying Billy Eilish but it makes sense looking at it yeah 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 the laugh the act it's literally one left right so this person bro like I. I was gonna yeah. say like uh, Do you have a last uh last any other names on I think your list? Ghetto like like gangster rap, street music isn't going anywhere. Like as long as hoods and sh- and, and the streets exist, and even though gangster rap might have peaked in the nineties or two thousands and it might not be the most dominant subgenre of hip hop, don't get it messed up. It's always gonna be a voice for that struggle, that that particular background, that particular sound. And one person that I believe that might have it like on a timeless level um like on a 50 cent type of thing bro because if you look if you play it's your birthday by 50 cent or a couple of um mini men by 50 cent that's an example of like street classic records that will never that will never be dated never be old always welcomed at a party or uh you know whatever vibe session somebody that that's <laughs> nothing like 50 cent in terms of personality but has that potential to in my yeah. opinion to 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 uh transcend his time um a guy by the name of polo g monty i had super young but so was billy eilish they might be around the same age right but here's the reason i say that bro is because like i said in the western hemisphere and beyond as long as hoods and ghettos mm, that's this, interesting bro, that he's a, that he's sound a super young artist heard and out of all the names I've named, yeah, Kendrick Lamar comes from Compton, but you're rapping from the yeah. perspective of the good kid, Matt City, right? But what about the quote-unquote voices of the bad kids, good, uh, bad, city, bad kid, bad city? But that's the thing about Polo G. His aura and interviews, his vibe, what he gives off, it's like a zen almost. It's like a... And he's, and he's made a song about like his beloved... Uh, like like his grandmothers and and strong women in his life. Like yeah, he does make the shoot him shoot him up, bang bang, drill type songs. Uh, yeah, he uh, almost comes up a good you know, kid does, from a bad. Where he doesn't sing at all, where he's just rapping. Song. 
but it's those melodic tunes and what he talks about in those records. The top, the, he's not, a, he's not a, afraid to share his vulnerabilities inside the studio and outside the studio. I was looking down one of his genius breakdowns, and he was talking about things like anxiety. Like he deals with social anxiety, bro. You don't hear a lot of his peers from his age group talking about anxiety, social anxiety, and stuff like that. He has his head screwed on straight, and he's rapping not just from what he went through, but he's like the voice of Chicago as well as Lil Durk. This is no slight to Lil Durk uh, as well. I, I might even be able to argue that that uh, uh, Lil Durk can be uh, um, timeless as well. But just from what I'm hearing about, like. Uh, like he has a song called Battle Crab that I listened to that came out, I think, a couple of years ago. But I believe I'll be listening to that in uh, eight years. Um, minus nostalgia, I believe you could show me that record eight years if I've never heard of it. And you could show me that record eight years from now. And I believe I, I believe I would say, yo, there's something to this. And I don't believe it's going to be a prisoner of this era, the prisoner of this sound state. And I've heard him on so many different sounds. And you know who I feel like is a good accomplice to like help him like become timeless? Because we, we've talked about vision. I kept saying visuals, like the videos and all that. Uh, 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 Lyrical Lemonade, Cole Bennett. Like, he does remarkable things with Polo G's uh, videos. Uh, and so, you know, yeah, man, Polo G. Like, he's not the most, uh, um, what do you call it, extroverted personality. Um, but I think that's a big reason that he's going to have so much longevity. Like, he's never in any, out of all the street artists from Chicago, or, or, or anywhere really, but specifically Chicago, since we're talking about Polo G, you never hear him in any beefs. You never heard him subliminally diss anybody. You never heard him mention somebody's dead homie in a song, anything like that. And his, his, his interview just tells you, his interview tells you he's in a different place, a Zen mode. He's focused on, on making music. So out of all the names I've named to a lot of people, this might be the most risk. This might be the riskiest pick, you know? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I have to put somebody. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the the riskiest bet, but I definitely I definitely get why you put him there because uh, from the yeah, but I was gonna say from the XXL list, he definitely was one of the most artists that impressed me the most, and uh, he he definitely has a chill personality. That, that also yeah, he, like he does that numbers, fact, you know, and I had to get somebody of the new. He's not wild and out I'm on that in social media. Like, like, I'm gonna name somebody like some, NF. I had to get you know, somebody foul that, shit, like, but that's that's another reason I, I definitely like, have like his personality. As well, he definitely has the type of music too. I definitely get why people from those backgrounds need to hear somebody that knows what they've gone through or know people. Uh, and seeing death, seeing addictions, and 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 just the underworld. Basically, Polo G comes from the underworld, and uh, yeah, I think he's a great representative for it because he, he he's not doing anything that's going to raise the risk of him possibly getting fatally injured. Like I've never heard anybody say they had a problem with Polo G or F Polo G or I don't like the neighborhood in Chicago he comes from because we know about how divisive Chicago artists can be. Uh, uh, most notable Chief Keep, Lil Jojo, uh, uh, FBG Duck, King Von, like Polo G's not in any of that. And he's made songs with people from different sides of Chicago that might be beefing with each other. So, um, yeah, I just think he has an incredible head on his shoulders. He's incredibly young. Like, like he, he's a part of that Billie Eilish generation. And uh, I believe like his ceiling is really high. So I don't even think we've seen close to like the, the peak of his potential. And when he's in that area of the peak of his potential, I believe he's going to be like churning out tools that are going to like transcend the time. 
assuming that he hasn't made music that can transcend that already. I think he's like one of my safer bets when it comes to somebody that represents the streets and does it with a great head on their shoulders uh, uh, and, and takes care of themselves, their safety, uh, uh, their image, focused on them and their music and their family. Like, like yeah, that, that, that matters when we're talking. Monty, in this day and age, when we're talking about street rappers, that mentality matters when it comes to like trying to decipher if they'll have, like, if they have a, a likelihood of being timeless. Because as we know, people get taken away before their time, dog. I'm not, I'm not even. Yeah, I thought of King Von when I mentioned that, right? Like, King Von had an energy, and yes, a lot of his songs he this ops or whatever, and I think that can hurt. That can hurt, like his 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 longevity or whatever. But it's time. Oh yeah, pop smoke. Pop, I, I, think I, I just feel like King Von has such a magnetic uh, charisma, and uh, not unlike Fifty Cent. Um, and if people remember, because Fifty Cent was t- is a timeless artist, Monty. But let's not forget when he first came out, he made a song called "How to Rob," where he described how he would rob every famous person in the game at that time. We're talking the ninety. He dissed everybody. Not everybody liked that. But they, but they they had to respect like they were a lot of people were scared of Fifty Cent so Fifty Cent came in the game dissing everybody but he grew well Fifty Cent has I mean he's still beefing he's still Fifty fucking Cent but he he made records that were bigger <laughs> and outside of him dissing other people and I believe King Von had he not been cut short we 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 haven't we we didn't see like a quarter of a quarter of where he could have took his his music or whatever and and we know King Von's strongest skill one of his strongest skills was storytelling he knew how to tell stories really well so um yeah man and, and when you brought this up Monty I'm not gonna lie I thought about some of the dead artists like we can call them honorable mentions or they can make this list in my predictions whatever I'm just, yeah I, I I was just thinking like I really like Juice World Monty. I really like Juice World. Um, a lot of people say uh, uh, XXX Tentacion. I think when it came, comes to the new era, when when it comes to top, and I was gonna bring that up later on, but in yeah, the past, let's say five years from the new era, I think XXX has to be on that list. Uh, if you listen to the the sad album, if you listen to the uh, uh, that dark depressing album that he put out after he came out with "Look at Me." His versatility was crazy, and he—he's he, another artist that died way before his time. So I—I I, uh, I think I think they had a shot, bro. I think they had a shot to make, uh, especially Juice World. Everybody should know, like everybody that knows me knows, I really like Juice World a lot, and, and and it's sad because there's still like a huge stream, a huge pool of unreleased songs that was like really good, if not better than anything he had already put out, but due to like it being leaked out due to him not being alive like there's not that push behind it but bro he has a lot of unreleased leaked music that was like on a whole nother level uh and we know how talented he was he could freestyle for hours straight like juice world is one of those ones bro um and and uh the weekend don't collaborate with a lot of people monty there's a record that him and uh juice world did i don't know if the weekend did the song after juice world passed away but The Weeknd don't collaborate with a lot of artists and The Weeknd is timeless. We've already established that. I think there's a reason why he did that song with Juice World, dude. So, yeah, man. Yeah. But continue, bro. What, what were you going to say? Yeah, I was going to say my last one is kind of, it's definitely, you, you'd never guess it because it's an artist that's probably not even uh, the hottest artist in the U.S. Because she's a, 
she just his Hispanic artist named Rosalia. Have you ever heard of her? Nope. She's she's super huge actually. She has <laughs> over one billion hits on one of her songs. And uh, do you know Bad Bunny though? That's another another huge Latin artist. Definitely heard that name before. Yeah, she's she's almost at that level, but she's another very young artist that's you know has a lot lot of time left in the industry, a lot of time to you know get get that earn that timeless label. And I feel like she's heading that way because she's another artist that's you know very versatile. Because and when I first heard of her, she had an album, and it's not even it's not even what she does now. It, it sounded way crazier, way different. And the album was basically she's just singing in a very old Latin type of style with just guitar behind it, no other instruments, just guitar. It's almost like a it's almost like a you know a cappella almost, and it was it was beautiful, man. It's it, she sounded beautiful on it. She has an amazing voice, and uh, you know she didn't really need any outside production just to beef up beef beef up her you know uh, abilities or just make the sound uh, pop or get more listeners to listen to it. Right, and right. that was already popular, but after that she started make collabing with all these other you know other Latin artists, and you know when it comes to Latin music, it's it's insane how popular it is, man. It's it's super, super, super popular. They get so many. It's like they get billions of views in, in pretty much monthly, and it's it's insane how popular it is. And she's one of the artists that definitely stands out because her voice, the voice is very unique, man. It's uh, I don't think she's one of those artists like Amy Winehouse that when you listen to her voice, you you definitely know who it is. And she has a de- mm. very distinctive style and. You know, with uh, with how different she sounds with almost each album, with each each not even album, so with this each single, because she has her own lane when it comes to just being uh, just being popular and how with the pop hits and also another lane where she's making almost like Billie Eilish type songs, very chill, very moody, very sad, and it's perfect because Rosalia and Billie Eilish just recently put out a song together. Very, like a collaboration and it's another very sad chill song and almost like a, I think over 50 million views and it's it's pretty insane man and you know she's definitely going to be here for a long time and I think she's definitely going to earn that time this label because you know she's just not like one one hit type of artist and she 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 could she has that versatility that all these a lot of these other other names on our list have and I think she's definitely here to stay man that's crazy yeah you should, definitely, you should definitely listen to her, man. She, she's, I could definitely even send you her first album that I listened to, which was just uh, her singing with like a Latin guitar behind her. And it's pretty, it's pretty Damn. amazing. Yeah, I've never, uh, you know, I've never doubted your music recommendations. You've never sent me a whack music rep- recommendation. I think that's a great point you, you brought up. So a lot of my picks, a lot of what I said comes from a limited American uh, perspective. But that's not to it's not to like undermine the fact that music is a global thing. Um, Hip hop is a global sport. And so um, I know that there are people in all these different countries doing like obscene, unholy numbers uh, that I might not ever get the luxury of like really listening to or understanding on a level because there may be a language barrier but i always say i'm a firm believer i'm surprised though because she she also has a huge song with travis scott she also uh collaborates with a lot of american artists a lot of huge american artists so okay you probably heard of her but you just uh you just you just forgot the name or just you know just probably blinking yeah are, we, are you talking about bad bunny still 
No, no, Rose Ali. Oh, Rose Ali. Okay, yeah, yeah. Because I, I, like yeah, I said, she definitely has a song with Travis Scott. I'll send that song to you. Okay, cool, cool. So, so is she bilingual or does she do? Is it a, like what? She's mostly uh, speaks uh, Spanish, but I think yeah, she she's she speaks English too. Yeah. But most of her songs are in Spanish. Listen, bro. I like I said, man. On the, on a global perspective, I know there's a lot of timeless artists that I I may not ever get the luxury to really be able to sit down and understand. Or it may not resonate resonate with me, but I know, bro. Like <laughs> music is a global a global entity, and uh, I think it's beautiful that how to see l- like music transcend the language barrier, which is one of the strongest barriers we have amongst us humans. It's, it, as, yeah. it as in the tribalism when immigrants come here, people will say, "Oh, you need to be able to speak English if you're a true American." So, like like language barriers can be nasty. Music transcends that; it really does. Uh, um, and yeah, that's an amazing pick, Monty. I didn't even think about that. But I'm glad we included, like, I, you know, I gave my piece about dead artists, artists that were cut away before their time, possibly having, like, 10, 20 years from now, their music being in rotation. And you bringing up artists that are outside, like, America or outside the, uh, you know, Western, like, Western English music or whatever. So uh, that, that's that's a good take, my G. Um, yeah, yeah. But I also had some uh, honorable mentions that I almost wanted to put on the list, but didn't. And the first one was Joji. And you know Joji, he's definitely, he's still very new. So I was like, man, I don't want to put him uh, already in there because I feel like, man, I'm very impressed with him, how much he improved. And from being a freaking YouTuber, man, to being almost a global idol, music idol almost. And I think he definitely has a lot lot of time. I, I, I feel like he still needs a lot of time to, you know, uh, improve and get even better than he already is and also another name was James Blake I don't know if you know who that is but he also collaborates with a lot of hip-hop artists but I think out of everybody he's probably one of my favorite singers ever and uh, I always always love his voice and I feel like he's not at that level where I see him in the mainstream scene but he's still on there somewhere and I, I definitely want him to be timeless but he's not as popular as a lot of the other names on there and also another right. name t- you know, T- Tame Impala, right? No, 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 no. Damn, man. <laughs> it's a lot of, a lot. I, I kind of definitely went, you know, a lot of, I went outside the realm of, you know, just the uh, mainstream and the, a lot of pop or hip hop realm. And Tame Impala is like that contemporary, almost like electronic music group that's, uh, they're almost like Daft Punk, but it's kind of way more, their music mm-hmm. sounds way more, I don't know. It's hard to describe, man. If you listen to it, if you just type in one of their songs, they have a lot of reverb in their music and it sounds very classic, but very futuristic at the same time. And I feel like they're definitely, they definitely fit that timeless, you know, criteria because their music has that type of feeling. It's very, you could be nostalgic. Also think of the future at the same time. It's, it's pretty crazy how you, the, the type of type of vibes you get listening to their music and, and the last right. honorable mention is Flying Lotus. You know Flying Lotus, right? Definitely heard of Flying Lotus. Uh, but heard, heard music on Flying Flying Lotus, but nothing definitive that I can like point to. Yeah. But I want to I want to let you know that Flying Lotus and Joji are two artists that are like celebrated that I've heard praised. Joji, especially in terms of like newer, like more newer shine that I've been hearing about. I think I've seen one song and one genius video, and I was impressed. I was impressed by Joji, bro. So I got to die. Oh, yeah, man. Every mm-hmm. every single he comes up with, I'm just impressed because he, he didn't really, I don't think he even knew how to sing that well. And he took a, 
he hired a vo- vocal coach and pretty much improved his singing. And every song, it, he pretty much makes him out to be almost like a David Bowie, almost like David very Bowie. inspired yeah. by David Bowie. Yeah, how, yeah. How the hell do you get to be a legend, like a living legend, being Filthy Frank on YouTube and then transition? Yeah. Like it's not fair. It's not fair. But uh, yeah, man, that, that's he's a, a talented dude, man. Talented dude. Yeah, you know it's interesting because you know the whole YouTube artist, YouTube rapper, YouTube musician that has like a stigma on it, and he's totally transcended that. He shedded the filthy Frank thing and became just like a phenomenon in music. That's hard to do, bro. And so, uh, yeah, man, I joke. Yeah, you definitely gotta respect that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, man, those are some good honorable mentions, bro. Those are some definitely great honorable mentions. Would, yeah. I, also, I, I had a list of bunch of names, and I want to. I'll also give my little take too, and I want you give give your quick take on if you think they're timeless or not, or where where do you put them in the in the list of being timeless? And we'll we'll probably make this quick because it's a lot of names, and you know. So the first name is Kanye West. Where do you see him as you know on the timeless level? Oh, no question, no question, uh, bro. Kanye can can do the like the worst thing tomorrow uh well let me not let me not say that because like r kelly's supposed to be timeless but for me like i i can't i don't even want to talk about that right kanye hasn't done anything r kelly level i don't even want to put them guys names in the same sentence but kanye has his his antics and behavior has disappointed a lot of people but bro no he's definitely time i don't even want to i don't even want to talk to somebody that would argue with me about kanye being timeless yeah definitely timeless yeah yeah, I wanted to put him on my list because it's such an obvious name, but yeah. I, I'm kind of been disappointed, man. I don't want to put Kanye on this list because I definitely want to see him create more that timeless type of music because it's at least a recent one. I don't know, man. I was kind of disappointed, and hopefully he, go, he goes back to that level. Listen, listen. Michael Jordan played for the Wizards. A lot of people don't really talk about that, but but he's still that man that won three, you know, did two three-peats back-to-back, right? And so the reason I'm saying that is Kanye West is always going to be the person that made 808s on Heartbreaks, My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy, Graduation, graduation, College Dropout, Late Registration. He's always going to be that guy. Yeah. And they're so different, man. Every Each of the albums that you mentioned, and man, I freaking love, and they sound so different. And that's that's so that's so hard to accomplish. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No argument with, with Kanye. Well, what's the next name? Next name is Travis Scott. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. I got I, like he has songs that are definitely timeless. Like, like I, a lot of this, I was thinking of maybe bodies of work or whole catalogs. I, I like I might be sleeping on on a bit of Travis Scott's catalog, but sicko mode by itself, sicko mode. No, fuck that. Antidote by itself. Those are timeless songs to me. I love antidote. I love sicko mode, <laughs> and I feel cringy because those are like his biggest lead singles. But that's saying something, bro. Like yeah. the the soundscape on antidote blows my mind, and I can't think of. But the soundscape on the soundscape on sicko mode blows my mind as well because it's never been done. Uh, Vox did a crazy video talking about like like how insane it is for a song like sicko mode to be like number one on the billboards. Like it's broken so many formulaic rules in music. You know, and uh, yes, like so many beat switches, man, it's insane, and it's it's not the typical type yeah. of or a hip hop record that Travis up. Scott is timeless, and his shows are are I haven't even been to his shows, but I've seen it on YouTube, and it's just one of those performances people would want to see before they die. Like <laughs> seeing Travis Scott is on a lot of people's bucket lists, even if you're more of a lyrical miracle type dude, 
he really turns up at his performances and he brings the carnival out, Astro World and all that. Yeah, bro. Travis Scott Thomas to me. Yep. See? Oh, wait, wait. Is he to you though? Uh yeah, I wanted to put him on that level, but I still I still gotta see a lot more. I still gotta give it a little more time to marinate yeah. to see where he yeah. stands. But the next the, the next name is J. Cole. Where do you see him? Uh no argument with you. Um he's right. He's, 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 when I think of Kendrick, a lot of these lists, bro, Kendrick and J. Cole is like peanut butter and jelly to me, right? Uh Born Center. Yep. I love Born Center, man. Um, um, a lot of people kind of slept on the sideline story that kind of gets that thank me later Drake catalog treatment. But bro, J. Cole made Forest Hill Drive, Warren Center. Uh, um yeah, he he has he has classic records to me, classic albums to me, and uh, the Rich Nigga record. I I can go all day, bro. J Cole has songs that I will listen to, and I think a lot of people will listen to twenty years from now, minus the nostalgia. Because I'm looking at it like you can show somebody that never heard of J Cole and show him some some like albums or music from his catalog, and somebody twenty years later that's never heard of J Cole that likes hip hop will be like, oh my god, this is amazing. I, yeah, yeah, yeah. J Cole to me. What about you? Yeah, man, Forest Hills to me as a even as an album is timeless by itself, and you know, like I said, I was going back and forth with Kanye and Ken. Uh, I mean, uh, J Cole and Kendrick, and you know, he's obviously yeah. would be there if I expanded my list. But yeah, but the next name is uh, we're we're kind of going a little more you know different genres uh, with Bruno Mars. Ooh. Ooh. Bruno Mars, yeah, but. Cause you know, with Bruno Mars, a lot of people say he's like the almost, almost like the weekend. He's like the modern day Michael Jackson. He's definitely timeless, bro. Like, uh, yeah, he's definitely timeless. Um, his vocals beautiful, and he brings like a lot of his timelessness. Ironically enough, is like like sourced from like older music eras. If you look at his style of clothes and and some of his video concepts, yeah. reminds you of like like uh, old like old school. Uh, uh, pimp vibes or whatever, like in some of his aesthetics and some of his vocals, it's, there's a funk to it, like F-U-N-K, there's funk to it. And so, yeah, just off of his talent and expressing that and th- that nostalgia factor, uh, yeah, yeah, Bruno Mars, he's, he's um, and I'm not trying to be political correct, politically correct, Bati, if you named a name that I'm like not sure about, I would say I'm not, but all these names, I'm like, yeah, pretty much. <laughs> Yeah, I would say him too is definitely on the end of my list. And the next name, I don't know, that this might be hard to think about. The next name is Post Malone. Ironically enough, I thought I, his name did come up earlier before we started recording on podcasts where I was pondering on, on the list. Um, I first heard of Post Malone with White Iverson. Um, he did the Rockstar record. He has a couple of like hit records that I've liked and had in rotation, but I haven't really dug into like a Post Malone album or his catalog. So it's kind of a question mark to me. However, I really get this strong feeling that like I could talk to his fans and his fans would like give me coherent essay tier reasonings as to why he definitely should be considered timeless. So it's kind of a question mark to me, Monty, because like his catalog is like, I don't know, but his impact, like people, bro, when he came out with White Iverson, that was supposed to be it for him. Yeah, that's all I was gonna say, man. Uh, if you, if I just looked at him, uh, just based on White Iverson or some of the first few hits that he has, I'd be like, nah, man, he's definitely not timeless. But over the years, man, he definitely proved that he's he's very versatile. Because 
if you see, he has a lot of videos of him from his concert or even few of his songs from his uh, albums. He just, it's not even hip hop, man. It's almost rock, rock heavy, heavy metal influenced, also very country or just very, I don't even know, folk inspired. And he, he's definitely more talented, just, you know, just more than being a rapper, man. He yeah, yeah, can sing yeah. his ass off, yeah. man. He could play he the guitar, man. He's, yeah, I'll yeah, definitely yeah, put him yeah. in he the has versus, like. I don't know too much about his catalog, but from what I have heard, I, I know that he has the cheat code when it comes to versatility. Um, I didn't really like it. There. Yeah, I'll send you one song from his yeah. uh, one of his albums, and it's it's not even hip hop, and it's 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 such a beautiful song, man. And, and it's just him with yeah, his guitar yeah. and just singing, and it's very folk inspired and it's a very beautiful song. Right, man. right. I so just want to say that his character characterization of hip hop, uh, all like three, four, five. I don't know how many years ago was absolutely wrong but you know we all fuck up at, at times but uh yeah man just put some respect on hip-hop at the end of the day it's not some party genre um but i think he knows that i, I think he kind of like misspoke or maybe even mistranslated by the map but uh yeah but, yeah uh, i remember that yeah yeah he was kind of being yeah, ignorant yeah. on that but we're stripping away all politics we're just looking that. at the you know the work yeah. and all that so yeah continue yeah and the next name is She's, uh, you know, supposedly one of the biggest pop artists, Taylor Swift. Yeah, 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 yeah. I don't even got to know her catalog. She has a record called Trouble that I really like. Trouble, Trouble, Trouble. Uh, um, Like, I got uh, a little... My first introduction, unfortunately, was when Kanye West snatched the microphone from her. But she meant a lot to, like, country fans. And even though she's considered, like, more so pop now, I guess. But, like... Yeah, 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 yeah. Her her catalog, bro. Yeah. I don't gotta know her catalog to tell you like, no, she's gonna be Thomas. I'm gonna hear those records 20, 30 years from now, bro. Yeah, it's no question. Yeah, she's almost like Drake, man. Right. She kind of came in. I feel like her and Drake almost came out, you know, close, yeah. uh, very closely, very at the same time, almost maybe a few years apart, but very closely. And they have stated there and dominated in their genre in their realm and i feel like you know she's 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 almost like a drake figure to me man you know she has a lot of haters too supposedly and you know but they're, they're still very very popular so i think her last album was the biggest sold albums last year so you know they're yeah and drake definitely belong there i also want to let you know that kendrick lamar and taylor swift has worked together Just oh yeah, yeah i remember that that. I, I definitely remember that record that came out a couple years ago i think it's called Bad Blood for those that might be like, wait, what? Kendrick worked with Taylor Swift? But again, legend, <laughs> legends recognize legends. Timeless artists recognize timeless artists. That so, definitely yeah. helped Kendrick uh, to become a lot more mainstream. So I definitely appreciate that. Yep. So the next name is Ariana Grande. Um, we're, definitely, we're definitely going to that level where it's kind of very, we're not even probably aware of a lot of their you know, discography, but if you know her name, you just you just know based on if they're gonna be timeless. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not. A, I don't want no smoke with the Grande fan base at all. Um, I'm not saying no to. I'm definitely not gonna say no. I don't. I know less of her catalog than the Taylor Swifts and and the Post Malones, but just her sheer fan base are gonna make sure their kids, kids, kids know who yeah. she was. And force their music like so. Some of these artists got the cheat codes because of the sheer amount of their fan base that I just got. I gotta know that Ariana Grande will be relevant no matter what. Like twenty years from now, so I'm gonna I'm gonna put a, I'm gonna put a yes on that. But but 
Like yeah, I would say she's definitely on there also because she's definitely one of those artists that has such a huge stand fan base or just fans in general. Because you know, I think uh, her one of her records from last year was one of the one of the biggest singles ever, and it's pretty huge. And mm-hmm. yeah, she's definitely she's definitely in that lane also. And so the next rapper is also kind of has that similar stand fan. Not not the next rapper. I mean that next uh, you know artist, quote unquote artist, has the kind of similar stand fan base, and that is BTS. I don't know anything about them, but again, sheer fan base, sheer amount of American Monty. I, I couldn't even tell you. Like, do they sing in Korean or do they? Yeah, I think they're English? mostly Korean, but uh, they also That's have crazy. some English in there. You know. That's crazy if it's majority Korean, period. Like, because there's a lot of American girls that like can recite those lyrics uh, uh, with every word and not understand what they say outside of looking, you know, you got to look at a translator or rap genius or genius.com or whatever. <clears throat> but yeah, I'm, I'm definitely going to say such yes, a man. huge fan base. It's insane. So I cannot say no because. And they broke down the language barrier, bro. Yeah. Like, they, they, they got the Justin Bieber effect without speaking the home language. So, of course. Yeah, BTS. Shout out, to, shout out to them. Yeah. And the next one, we're definitely going back more into the hip-hop realm. Little Uzi. Mm. All my friends are dead. Hey, push me to the edge. He definitely got some songs. He, he definitely has some some timeless... He definitely has some timeless records that I would expect to hear decades later. His I would family, say no, man. I would say no. Yeah, I, don't, yeah. I don't really see him... See, He's going to be here for a few more, I think uh, maybe even a decade, but I don't really see him being as timeless uh, as a lot of these other names we mentioned. There's definitely levels to timeless timelessness. I'll say yeah. that. <laughs> there's definitely levels. Uh, um, yeah, man, it's a, it's a question. It's, it's a question mark for me. I like, yeah, but they, he is different. He's he's, a, he's I, I can understand why you would say no. His sound though, man, is definitely very addictive, man. It's it gets you hooked, and that might that might contribute to it. Cause I remember I told you I have this uh, theory that he definitely has takes a lot of, or also even just modern a lot of modern melodic rap in general take a lot of inspiration for a lot of religious chants, especially from a lot of Hindu religious chants, and they're very similar if you. If I if I were to you know research this even deeper, I'll probably uh, write a whole essay on this. But I definitely I I feel like you know having that type of melodic hook or just very addictive hook that could definitely be timeless in a way where people you know just generations definitely. of people who definitely that that should just get stuck in your head, man, and you can't really help it. Yeah, 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 and and it's also interesting too because there's there might be a distinction, not might be there's a distinction between somebody that's just timeless in general as an artist and somebody that has like a couple of timeless songs, right. Or like yeah. a song can be, a song could go can transcend the artist and become bigger than the artist ever was. Um, there's a few one hit wonders like that. Right. Uh, but yeah, man, it wouldn't surprise, let's just say it wouldn't surprise me if Uzi, uh, little Uzi Vert still has uh, people banging his jams uh, 20, 30 years from now. Um, yeah. 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 And okay. the next two artists, we're kind of going a little deeper because I know you bought those, bought these two artists up a couple, couple minutes ago. And the next one is Juice World, and I'll just say both of these names at the same time: Juice World and XXX. Because you know, even though they passed away, 
they're still they still they still could be timeless, just like how Tupac and Biggie were. Bro, I saw like Juice World did a record with somebody. I think you know, kind of correlating with what you said about or what we were talking about, like music transcending barriers. He did like a song with like a I believe somebody that like speaks uh, uh, Spanish, like that's their first language. And he, he did one of those crossover records and Juice World passed away. And so I believe it was Genius that did a video or was it Hip Hop DX? Oh man, I, I don't want to mess this up, but they basically reconstructed Juice World, took a bunch of footage from all those videos and made it look like he was in the actual video mouthing his lyrics, despite the fact that he's never shot a video for that song. The reason I bring that up is because I don't know of that happening with any other passed away artists, right? Like no no disrespect to all the dope artists that have passed away and songs of like collaborations have came out. I've never seen such a concentrated effort to like scan all footage and make like the, the passed away artists mouth the lyrics somehow using technology and extensive, like, like, like fucking hundreds of hours of work to make that artist look as if he filmed and shot that before he passed away. Uh, and the craziest thing is, Juice World doesn't even have that much footage because he barely, uh, you know, was in the limelight for two years, you know, and that's crazy, man. So exactly. that just shows how, how you know, popular he became, or just even, even you know, people people looked up looked up to him in a way that's just, you know, even even after he passed away, he still has an effect on a lot of people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. See, so that that's gonna that's gonna be a lot more biased with me, bro. Like, just because. It's, it's just gonna be hard for me to like argue no i don't even want to object because i he, he just has a big place in my heart there's always going to be that that energy there for for juice world with me when it comes to xxx tentacion um i'm a little less a little bit less familiar with uh his catalog but i was just always impressed with his versatility and i believe that like we didn't see anything close to his peak like because some people say yeah okay there's some versatility there with him switching up the languages flows uh his cadences his singing melodies some people criticize it as oh that's shallow though he's just he's just uh trying to do the quote-unquote drake thing where he's trying to like target as many markets as he can for but no i think like there was so much more depth in x yeah yeah with him it felt more authentic in a way just it's not as it's not as uh, manufactured. And here, here's how I know it's not manufactured because he came out with Look At Me. That was a big breakout record. And a lot of artists, his first inclination would be to do another one of those type of records or something in that vein. He didn't do that. He he shot the video for Look At Me and then he like he attached it to a controversial record, like I, I believe criticizing Black Lives Matter or like Black people's quote unquote hatred towards white people, something like that. That was some very different shit. That's when I knew like, oh, he's he's really using his art as a vehicle to be bigger than just like, like uh, the moment, I guess, like despite the fact that I may have disagreed with some, some of his political yeah. takes, I knew that, Oh yeah, there's something like different about him, special about him. Uh, even then he put out that, uh, that album, I think it was called 17 or something like that. It was like a dark, 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 depressing album. It didn't have nothing that sounded like look at me on there. And most artists would be tempted to have something in that lane because that's what got them like, as like where they were. X wasn't afraid to do that. It reminded me of Mac Miller. Mac, ooh, Mac Miller's actually, oh, I don't know. But uh, yeah, man, um, X, uh, I just feel like he was, I don't know, man. It's a question mark. Like I would hope, like, cause he has some, he has some records and I, I hope his versatility does like put that timeless effect on his stuff. That's beyond just nostalgia, but that timeless, that, that timeless tag is such a 
prestigious and, and like a rare air group of individuals. So that's a question mark for me with X, but Juice Road, I, I just got to say yes, just because of my personal attachment to the music, like I'm just going to be straight out and say, I'm absolutely biased. Uh, I, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I would agree with you. Yeah, yeah. XXX, I definitely, I definitely would say XXX then more than Juice World, but I definitely see where you come yeah, from. Yeah, yeah. By the way, there was no pun intended with me saying there's a question mark on X because you know his album cover or single cover had the question mark. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But um, yeah, and we're coming down to the last two names, and the second to last is Frank Ocean. Where do you see him? Um, man, I I, I bumped uh. I bumped Channel Orange a lot. I remember when I first discovered Frank Ocean and after listening to him, he had me in a different bag musically, like haven't had me push me to be a lot more experimental. So there's that personal attachment there. Uh, but in terms of his like late latest offerings, I haven't really dove deep into it, but I've seen the passion and he's one of those artists with mystique. And when I bring up Mystique, bro, that's such a thing of the 80s and 90s. Whereas now artists got, they, they feel like they got to be in your face every 90 seconds. And some don't have a choice. Some don't have a choice but to keep reminding you that they exist. Frank Ocean is one of those people that can like take a break for three years and come back and still make you care. Uh, and I think that that does have a mark, a, a mark of somebody that's timeless. If you can do that in this age, take a break for three years, that's a death sentence for a lot of people, bro. Um, so, yeah. and, and, and due to my attachment, like to his first, like offering is his, his mixtape, the, uh, uh, the, the nostalgia and then there's channel orange. Like, I can't remember the actual, actual order. I just remember there was a time I kept bumping that the Nova Kane record. Yeah. That could come out today. And I would love it. Like that Nova Kane joint could come out five years from now. And I would believe like, yo, this is some next level future. Like this is, he's ahead of his time still. So yeah, I'll give Frank Ocean that nod, despite the fact that I haven't even like really dove into like his latest offerings. I'm just going off of his first project. There were some songs on there, Monty, that I, oof, I believe he was ahead of his time with it. And I think ahead of time, yeah. quote, like literally ahead of time, kind of points to, you know, timelessness. Yeah, I feel like, you know, Frank Ocean, he he doesn't release music that often, but and he's, I don't feel like he's going to be timeless as a quote unquote in lot, with a lot of these other type of mainstream artists. He, he's going to be timeless in a different way where he has a very, you know, very small cult following or almost like a, almost like a few smaller fan base that, that are going to be listening to him for years to come. And he's going to be like that underground type of artist that's, that's mm-hmm. timeless, but not in a mainstream sense where it's like going to be like, you know, Drake or a lot of these other other bigger artists that we talked about. Saying. He's going to be in his own little lane, just like he is right I now. I see what you're saying. Yeah. Okay. I'm with you. Yeah. And the last name, man, and one of your favorites, Little Wayne. Oh, no question. No question because I think, uh, I think, I feel, I don't know, bro. I, I haven't sat down and did the math of all of Wayne's records, but when he sold his catalog and some records from Drake and Nicki Minaj for a hundred million dollars, bro, I felt like he was, I felt like it was underselling himself. Like, I believe his music is worth so much more than that. I believe Universal, like, felt like they finessed Wayne low key, you know? And at the time, maybe Wayne was thinking, like, bro, I'm gonna be in jail. Like, I, I could, I'm facing up to 10 years. 
in prison. That was before Trump pardoned him. And I don't know if, if at the time he knew that that was a real possibility. So he might have he felt like, yo, 10 years from now, I want to make sure I got like 100 million sitting in my uh, bank account or, or 100 more million. But uh, no, nah, man, it's no question. Uh, Wayne is one of those unicorns that dominated the mixtape, like output, quantity and quality. I got to have Wayne on that. But Monty, smack me if I said Wayne isn't timeless. You got to because he's dominated. He's one of those artists. Bro, he went platinum <laughs> yeah. when he was tw- like 12, 13 years old in the 90s. The block is hot. So that's that. In the fact, in, in a sense, Monty, that same accolade you do to Eminem in terms of four decades, you got to give Wayne that too because he's rapping in four decades. Yeah, I was gonna bring that up. He's another artist that's still very, very relevant like today. If any artist that can rap and still re- be relevant and make people care, it ain't gotta be the peak of what like as much as they used to care. But he still, bro, he still broke the internet when he uh, came out with No Ceilings Three. It still crashed websites like they always do. Uh, and so, yeah, Wayne's definitely uh, timeless. It's not even fair. It's not even fair. And he's had four decades to give you timeless music and uh, his quantity. Nobody's out. I believe if you put numbers up and I, I believe this was like eight years ago, somebody like went into the uh, discography of Wayne and it exceeded thousands and thousands of songs. And that was eight, nine years ago. He's probably did thousands more of that. And you, and you know what I believe? There's so many leaked records on YouTube that might have like a hundred K that came out in 2008. Cause Wayne went through this period of three years where music was just leaking from his computer. He was actually getting kind of sick and tired of it because then unofficial DJs will take those release those uh, leaked songs and then put their tag all over it and act like they had an exclusive mixtape with Lil Wayne. I remember that era. I remember when Wayne pissed off a bunch of DJs saying, get off my mm. dick. Wayne specifically said, it's like you guys are sucking my dick and not, not allowing me to climax. I remember this. Like, and this was back in two, like 2009, bro. And uh, here we are in 2021. He's still putting out music. He's still doing numbers. Yeah, man, Wayne, definitely. No question. That's one of those Kanye West ants, like, no argument. I don't even want to talk to you if you would argue otherwise. That's how I feel. <laughs> oh, yeah, man. I definitely agree with you. He might not be, you know, in my top 10 favorites, but I definitely see him as a, he's definitely an icon that, you know, he's another artist that might not be as popular as Eminem when it comes to outside the hip hop realm, but he's still, he's still, most people know Lil Wayne, man, and I think you know within the hip hop, he's still a lot. Most of the people are still going to be listening to Lil Wayne for years to come, and he's just he's just that type of artist, man. Yeah, yeah, and he's a big reason why a lot of us know about Drake. I'm not saying that without Wayne there would be no Drake. I'm just saying Wayne is a big reason as to why we got him, and um, and Wayne has a lot of records with Drake. Again, I, I like kind of pointing out these little connections between the people that we have on the t- the, the Thomas list, and a lot of those names that. Uh, when you did like the the rapid fire round, those names exceeded uh, ten names. So there might be a, like a, a topic for who's like top five most timeless because that that's a, oh, yeah, that's a headache yeah, yeah, and a half though, Monty. So let's let's do that like way later. Yeah, that's gonna be hard to yeah hard to you know just jot down just five out of all yeah. these names because you know it's such a it's such a big realm and it's hard to because you know even even with that. With that you know with the top five thing you know that's definitely that's definitely could be hard to do because you know usually it is like 10 to 5 names who usually after decades and decades that are still in people's ears like if you mention like just like the Beatles or just uh Michael Jackson or even you know some other names 
you know, these are just very few that really break the break the ceiling to to be timeless for, for at a different level than a lot of these other artists. Right, right. Yeah, man. Hell yeah. Now, uh, damn, bro. I, I I don't know the timing on this episode, but I was expecting this to be like hour long. But I'm I'm glad I'm glad you came up with that topic because I think we spent. It feels like we spent a good amount of time on it. I feel like yeah, man. That pretty some much of my greatest. We definitely went very in depth with that topic. Yeah, but I love it though, bro. Like my pat, like when I'm, if you guys juxtapose how I sounded in that segment versus how I sounded when we first started the podcast, I was like saying I'm tired or whatever. Like it woke me up, dude. I haven't drank coffee or anything like that, but yeah. music is just something I'm passionate about. Uh, hey, music is I, your I coffee, like, man. That that's definitely your drug, man. <laughs> definitely, definitely. But uh, so 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 to you know wrap this thing on up as we always do. And unfortunately, my vibe might change a little bit because it's the only thing I can think of right now. Um, and yeah, like we always say at the end, Monty, what's a piece of media over this past week that you found interesting? I like that we use the word interesting, not necessarily that we love or hate, but that we just found interesting. Mm, um, I'm, I'm interested to, uh, to hear what, what are you going to bring up? Because, you know, you, you said your mood might change because of this. So I'm interested to hear. Hmm. Oh, you want? Do you want me to go first? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You don't want to end it on a bad note if it's something you know very. Yeah, 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 yeah. You're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. Um, and I don't. Uh, <laughs> Meg, Meg will be uh home soon, so uh, I don't want to spend too much time on it. And I feel like I can spend another forty minutes on it, but just to like kind of like give you the the, the uh, long story less long. Um, listen, Attack on Titan season four is some of the greatest anime. I've ever seen in my life, despite the fact that I, I was told I might want to be, I might want to temper my expectations a little bit because after the time skip of season three, blah, 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 yeah. blah, blah. Hold That's on, great. hold on, hold on, hold on. Just pause for a second. Are you going to mention an anime? Correct. Is it a uh, promised Neverland? <laughs> no, 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 no. Oh no, man. No, that, that, uh, that I was going to say, man, that's definitely another another topic that's going to bring you down. Cause I hear a lot of people are very upset with the latest season. Monty, I could tie that into this. Like what I was about to say was that that might fuck around and be on the negative side of next week or the week after that, because I, I've, I've been hearing exactly what you've been saying. And that's why I haven't uh, or exactly what you just the sentiments that you just echoed is what I've been hearing as well. I looked at my anime list and I looked at the reviews and, and listen, like everybody's a critic. But I will say, bro, like a lot of those critics, those critics on my anime list, those top reviews share my it often shares my uh, uh sentiments and i've learned to basically accept if it's a warning or like a like a cosign and a lot of those cosigns i end up rocking with as long as it's in my wheelhouse in terms of genre because i don't watch slice of life but like taking it back though attack on titan super great however the season is like it's i caught up with it like i was like nine like eight episodes late i caught up with it now i gotta wait till like i gotta wait every week until like a 20 minute i got i gotta wait once a week for a 20 minute episode. And when you're watching some of the greatest content you've ever seen, those 20 minutes feel like five minutes, if that. So what that leaves is, Monty, is a void. See, I go on these little runs where I don't watch anime. I'm just in, I might be watching battle rap. I'm very grateful that I have so many different interests that I can just dive into at one time and just stay there for a while while I'm missing out on things like anime, which is one of my bigger you know, uh, uh, inspirations, right? So after watching Attack on Titan, it reminds me how much I love anime. So I want to see other great shit. So there's a show called Higurashi, When They Cry, Go. It's a, a, a adaptation 
like like it was promoted to be like a remake. So I was excited, but it actually turned out to be a sequel. But the way they did it was almost like an alternate universe thing. So it was like, if you're a new fan, old fan, they were trying to please both audiences. But that's not what I'm talking about here. I'm actually still watching it. That's on episode 20, but I, I don't want to recommend it to nobody. Uh, uh, that I might explain that, that reason at another time. But uh, I'm, I'm, I'm enjoying it. I'm binging it. I'm excited for the next episode. Um, it might even be a guilty pleasure. I don't know. But the show I'm talking about, and this is like one of those shows that was a lot of YouTube videos was made. And these guys should be ashamed of themselves. Have, I'm saying this half jokingly. Because when it was on episode four, a lot of people like rushed to their computers to make videos like, oh, this is great. This is shaping up to be some of the greatest anime of this year. Or this man, the, the, the start, the first four, three, three, four episodes of this is some of the greatest anime of all time that I've seen. The start, the start. But bro, that is a cautionary tale of like, before you accept somebody's criticism or cosign, you gotta wait until like the whole 12 episodes is right. Because when I saw that, I, it's a show called Babylon. It's an anime called Babylon that was on the, uh, in the winter season of, uh, 20, no, the fall season of 2019. It's 2021. I just heard about it. Cause again, I'm, I'm, I'd be feeling those voids. I want to watch something that's thrilling. And this is a mystery thriller, a kind of a crown procedural police detective work type of thing. And, um, let's just say bro, that it's some of the strongest two or three first episodes I've seen in anime in a long time. I binged it 12 episodes. So some anime season, most anime seasons are 12 episodes. Some go to 24 episodes. This was 12. And when you start as strong as that and have like Quentin Tarantino-like anime direction. So Monty, like some anime directors are super celebrated. I never really got into the anime direct director thing. Like I couldn't, I couldn't tell you the styles or whatever. Like I could maybe Quentin Tarantino or Martin Scorsese. And I'm still a very, I'm below casual with that as well. But bro, the first, like the, anime direction the writing the presentation the anime the first of the first three four episodes of babylon great monty then it goes off the rails by like episode six and i still force myself to watch it because the way they built up the villain the way they build up the mysteries i I wanted to see what was going on like the first three episodes 10 9.5 10 by episode five i'm like it's dipping a little bit we might be in the like seven territory but I'm really interested in this villain, but it, it, it goes into another direction, right? Like imagine like building up like a light Yagami and L type of dynamic, only um, the, the, the villain is a lot more demonic than light Yagami was even at his final form, right? But then it goes into like politics and uh, uh, a new nation next to Tokyo in Japan that, 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 that um, had a mayor run recently and get elected and then try to propose a suicide law. And he argues that we, we should have the right to suicide, Monty. You're unhappy with your life? Kill yourself. That should be a right. We give everybody rights to smoke cigarettes or whatever. You should, it should be a right to kill yourself, right? And that's fine, bro. But it's a big tone switch. It's a big uh, uh, scale switch. And it took away from the main villain. Okay, fine. It, it started dipping in that 6.5 territory around like episode... Like 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 six or whatever. Then episode seven returns us back to the the, the villain, and then and it was a hurtful episode, one of the more hurtful episodes of the season because they kill off a beloved character, which was shocking to a lot of people because in anime a lot of times they like a lot of times anime authors are scared to kill off beloved characters because they get death threats. There's been anime uh, 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 authors, mangakas that have rewrote and retcon chapters to revive the main character because they were so scared of all the death threats they were getting. Regardless, though. I'm like, okay, episode seven kind of shot back to up to that seven. 
Monty, after episode seven and girl, it just goes off the wheels, bro. We're, we're talking, we're talking three. And then the end, the end episode, episode 12, two, might be one, but it's a disappointment, bro. It's the disappointment that I'm at. How do you go from the strongest three episodes in uh, uh, anime, like that I've seen in a long time, the first three episodes, solid, the, the buildup of the villain, there's a, there's an interrogation. He sits this person down. He thinks that she's like a witness and she's just playing with his head like a violin. And it's not cheesy. It's not corny. It's like, yo, like she does seem like a, one of those evil geniuses that could get into like a sharp detective's head. Kind of like the Joker and uh, Batman dynamic. Uh, I think it has more of that dynamic than like Yagami and L. Anyway, bro, it's just like that strong of a start, that strong of a premise, that big demand for bingeability like you're going to binge this you start it you're going to binge it and then just for it to grow, go off the rails like that and then the end not even explain like bro the villain was doing some like supernatural type shit and it's a mystery so you're explain you're trying to figure out how is she getting all these people to commit suicide because she all she would do is whisper in somebody's ear and this, remember, this is like a detective show. It's supposed to be kind of like a realistic type show, but what detectives aren't understanding is how is she like being able to get so many people to commit mass suicide? It isn't a cult leader thing because she's not doing it herself. It ain't like, hey, drink, drink the cult Kool-Aid with, with me and we'll all die. No, she's just whispering a man's ear and then boom. It doesn't explain. It's a lot of, it's a lot of plot holes and a lot of unexplained things plot that holes. just don't make sense. And Monty... I, I'm I'm going to spoil it because I don't want you to watch this. I want you to stay away from this. They killed the main character. Like I don't know if there's like if this was a manga and and like she goes on to live and there's a new main character. Monty, the main character goes through so much suffering and development. He watches everybody that's close to him die. He comes to realizations. He has inner monologues and conflicts with him with himself. And she she's just a maniac, right? So the first three episodes builds her to be like okay. There's a method to her madness. There's a genius to her. The way she just broke him down in the interrogation. And then it, and then she just becomes kind of like an insane, kind of like, ah, I, I commit evil for fun. You know, uh, I, I, like it, it lost all of its like grounding and depth. It just, she became a cartoon parody version of herself. And then at the, to shit on everything else, after four or five episodes of like keeping the most exciting thing of the show away, which is the, protagonist versus the antagonist and to, uh getting world governments to like debate if suicide is okay and should be like put into law that we should be allowed to bro they kill bro they then they they get uh the president of the united states in this and like he's like a, a star of like four or five episodes and is he it, ends up dying is it trump or is it just a fictional character it's a fictional character. They didn't do the in, 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 Inuyashiki thing where Inuyashiki took shots at Trump. Now, this is just like a generic white blonde hair looking president. But I'm just saying the president came out of nowhere and then he 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 ends up dying. And then, But my point is the main character ends up dying as well. With all that character development, seeing everybody he knows dies, all this, and then he dies and it isn't explained how she did it. They don't explain how she does it. Now, I was looking at anime reviews and there was one person brave enough to defend this. And they said, look, it's a biblical thing. She was supposed to represent Jezebel, Babylon, like the revelations, the, the, the demonic force, blah, blah, blah kind of like uh, no country for old men. The problem is it wasn't written right, bro. The problem is it started off so strong. Some of the greatest first three episodes I've ever seen for it to like go off the rails and go from like, 10 in writing anime direction and premise 
to like trash and then not and then robbing us robbing us of like explaining shit and then killing the main character after you it's like for what what did i watch all this for there was no value it was like it became shock like value like oh you killed the main character and i'm like so i just yeah man it was a waste of time so that's why i said it's going this changed my mood because I, I got so excited binged it and then I, I i just left so disappointed man there's nothing worse like when when a series that starts out strong or even amazing and it just ruins everything after probably like half the season or probably even second season you know, speaking of that, it's it's. I've been learning a lot of animes have that have that problem where they start off so strong but kind of falls off. With uh, I pretty much experienced that with uh, Dororo, if you know that anime from last year, and uh, this year, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, one of my friends warned me, "Don't watch uh, the new Promise ne- Promise Neverland episode," and I mean the new Promise Land season. And I was like, "It can't be that bad, man." Then I saw some videos on it and oh my god <laughs> they make it sound way worse than it is man it's uh, it's it's sad man when something gets ruined for some whatever reason when it starts up such strong and you know i watch a lot of shows where you know the first season might be just good or just not as crazy but uh the second season or the next season is just amazing and that's that's one of the best feelings but when it happens the other way that's definitely got to be really bad yeah, bro. Yeah, and I, I'm nervous to watch Promise Neverland because that, that's one of the greatest first season runs I've seen. Like, one of the greatest premises. And what I'm coming to understand, Monty, you can have great premises, such a strong star, such great ideas, and just fumble it. It's hard to execute. Ideas are nothing without the execution, man. And, but the problem is, is usually the premise is good, but you can tell in that first two, three episodes, like, yo, they're not executing this well. But imagine everything going so right. Yeah. Imagine everything. They're hitting everything. Imagine Breaking Bad at season one. It's kind of like, I don't even want to compare it to Game of Thrones. I'm not going to do that. But like people that have watched Game of Thrones and loved the first whatever seasons and then had to suffer through season eight. That's exactly what I felt in like watching a 12 anime season, a 12 episode anime season of a new show that people were hyping up on YouTube. And what made me sad was only one of those YouTubers that hyped it up made a video called Where It All Went Wrong. All the other ones, they didn't say shit. They just... They, they didn't say nothing about it. They, they they just decided not to talk about it because, you know, those those that video where they were hyping it up had, you know, quite a, quite a bit of views. But I don't know, man. I feel like you might have a response. It seems like a lot of a lot of a lot of people in anime get too ahead of themselves or just hype up shit too much. And it's just. Yeah. Just not a good thing for a lot of viewers. Or even the writers, especially yeah, because you know, once once people hype up your shit so much, and you're like, oh shit, I gotta I gotta follow it up, and the pressure, you know, in Japan, I, I would I would think the pressure is like huge. Yeah, yep, yep, yep. And um, listen, we can all be prisoners of the moment. If I would have saw those, like, if I was an anime YouTuber and I saw those first three four episodes, I might have wanted to rush and make a video. It's just that, like, you know, make sure you do the follow up video. Talk about like, damn, like. This totally went wrong. And you can still feel how you felt. Like, yo, I still do believe those first three episodes are some of the greatest, like, strongest starts I've seen in anime in a long time. I still feel that way, Monty. And that's why I'm so pissed off. Because it, I felt like it was a waste of my time. Like, damn, man. Like, I, it was like on the level of, let me not say on the level of L and Light's and, or L's introduction, but like that villain looks so promising, bro. You don't understand. Like, that interrogation scene was like something out of a, 
Quentin Tarantino, Martin Scorsese movie. Like that's when I started looking at anime direction, how they directed the scenes, the the color, the imagery, the, the even something as small as the vent in the interrogation room turning on and off to break the interrogator's rhythm, and then the villain like 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 taking advantage of that that brief disruption in the interrogator's rhythm, like little small stuff like that really made me say, yo, there's a there's levels to anime direction. Like it's it, it's crazy. So uh yeah, there's that. But yeah, Monty, what what about you, man? That's a disappointing thing yeah, to hear. Yeah. So <clears throat> but mine my, mine was a movie that I watched recently that that is supposed to come out uh pretty soon and it finally came out. It's called Another Round and it's a it's a movie from Denmark. It's a Danish film and it's, I've been hearing about it and how uh, you know, the premise of it is very interesting. I'll tell you the premise, but it is starring one of uh, one of the probably one of the best actors in modern modern era. He's a, he's also a Danish actor, but he's also very popular in Hollywood and a lot of you know TV shows and a lot of films. It's star- starring Mads Mikkelsen. If you know who that is, he played Hannibal in a he very oh. popular. Uh, you know, you know him. Yep, yep, yep. Yeah, yeah, he, he's pretty much starring in this role as a like a lead role. But the, pretty much the premise of this movie is uh, so these four high school teachers, they're almost in their you know late 40s and they're very, quote unquote, boring. They're pretty much living a you know, day to day life where, you know, the students don't respect them. And, uh, you know, the, 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 the wife and their kids find them boring. They're like, man, we're, we're getting old and we're pretty much, you know, just not living life anymore. And so. What they decide is they want to drink alcohol. They, they pretty much drink at, at one point and they realize, yo, we're still having fun. But when we drink alcohol, you know, when, when, when we get drunk. So what they propose is there's this apparently a, a famous psychologist from back in the day that proposes that every human uh, are missing, I think, 0.05% of alcohol level, which makes them exciting on or, you know, just uh life of the party pretty much they they get more you know they're more confident in a way and they're like yo we should try this where every hour or every every hour of the day we're gonna drink we're gonna try to maintain that level of uh you know the alcohol level in their body system so so they want to keep that level I don't, I don't know what what percentage exact percentage but it's like very minimal but it's to that effect where they once they drink it they're still going to feel that con the, the confidence or that type of feeling that alcohol gives you, but not to the level of mm-hmm. where they're drunk. And, you know, the first time they try it is, you know, they're, they're, they're feeling really good. And the, you know, people, people start to respect them in a way, or, you know, the wife is like, yo, you changed, man. <laughs> You're feeling more lively. And, you know, the kids are like, you know, the kids are having fun in their class. Cause you know, once you get drunk, I don't know, I don't, I don't really drink. So, uh, from from you know from what I've seen, once you get drunk, you, you you get very carefree or just very confident or just you know say whatever you want, and yeah. you know they they become more quote unquote fun. And after that, you know at first it's like very fun, but the film starts to get darker and darker over time. And you see, you know they start to get carried away a little bit because you know when it comes to alcohol, it's not just a thing where you know if you drink it and, and you know it's not like weed pretty much, and there's an addictive level to it and. Also like it because it's not it's not a film about oh alcohol is bad. It's very more nuanced than that, and almost it's 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 ending. It's almost oblivious to a lot of people. Thought it's kind of celebrating alcohol, and 
I think it's more the director kind of le- left it open where he could interpret it in a lot of different ways where, you know, it might be a darker interpretation or more of a happy inter- interpretation. And it's not like a film or, of, oh, you shouldn't drink alcohol, it's bad, but it's, it's, more, it's more, you know, very nuanced and more deeper, deeper than just that. And, you know, if Amer- I feel like if America or Hollywood made this film, it, it would be that type of film where it's like very one note type of message. But it's, since it's like a foreign film, they, it's very, it's made in a way where, you know, they respect the audience or the people who are watching it. And it's, it's made in a way better than how Americans would make it. And I feel like America would fucking remake mm. this shit into a, some, you know, soapy, you know, for some, you know, just shameless comedy. And it's just going to be terrible. And, you know, at the end, they're going to have this message of don't drink alcohol or, or, you know, or just don't get drunk or whatever. And, you know, they, when it comes to foreign film, they're very respectable and in, in how they you know, how they position a lot of the messages in the film or just how they portray a lot of the scenes. And it's just, it's just a mature film, but very chaotic too and very funny film. And, and you know, if you watch this film, you, you get a lot of different emotions within it. It's like you're, you're having fun watching it and you almost feel bad for certain people and it gets a lot of chaotic at certain times. It's, it's a great movie, man. It's a great, great film. And, and I think it's going to release like widely pretty soon. And I think he has a chance to win when like a foreign film Oscars because it's, it's very well made and it's, it's you know, Damn. for a for, foreign film and I feel like, you know, it's very, very made in a way where a lot of people from, from even America would enjoy. So I don't know. I don't know if you, you would enjoy this, but, you know, it's very, it has that, you know, it, you know, those type of movies where people who are not into film might not enjoy. It's, I feel like it's one of those type of movies, but, you know, you might enjoy it, but I don't know. I thought it was a great film with a great message. Okay, no, that that, that sounds interesting. It sounded like a dare, like like a dare propaganda type thing. The way you started describing it at first, but then you went more in depth. I'm like, okay, I, I can see that. And then you said there's like a comedy, a comedy element to it with an open, a open ended uh, ending. You know, you talked about how you feel like you know a lot of American directors, uh, American directors would have took the premise and kind of butchered it so that's that's an interesting take um yeah man that, that definitely sounds interesting bro and i'm glad i'm glad your piece was was a lot more interesting mine than than, than mine in terms of music. yeah yeah and the ending is probably one of the best endings i've seen because it's a freaking dance sequence almost like a bollywood film where the main character just pretty much breaks out in a dance sequence and it's amazing man i, lo- I love the ending what they what they did with it and you know it's not like a soapy or sad ending, or even even if it was a happy ending, it's not some, it's not some just uh, mellow ending. It's very, it's very. It, it wants you to start dancing, man. And it's word, they, word. they still drink alcohol at the end. It's like might be a spoiler, but they still. It's not like oh, you, sh- you should stop drinking alcohol. But it's more. Uh, it's very. It's very. The message is very. You know, mature. Hell yeah! Hell yeah! Okay. No, that that's that's dope, man. Hopefully next. Hopefully next week my piece of media will be a lot more interesting, and I'm still. You know, Are you gonna watch uh, Promise Neverland? Cause I, I wanna, I want, I want to hear your take on this. Cause I already read the spoilers, so I don't feel like I don't know. I, I feel I don't feel like wasting my time watching it. Cause after what I hear, man, it's very sad. Cause if you remember, I told you, man, that's one of my favorite animes, and what they done with it is is kind of sad to hear. Promise Neverland, like just by virtue of how good the first season was, demands that I watch the second one, despite all the warnings. The cautionary tales, but I just showed you how like messed up I was about a show that I knew nothing about. 
let alone a show that disappoints me that I felt like had one of the best first seasons like of all like of all time in anime. Yeah. Like I don't know if I'm prepared for that. Yeah, you don't want to watch you don't want to torture yourself too much, but I think you should just check out a video on uh, on what they did with the anime because it sounds like very similar to what Babylon did, but uh or even a lot of the other animes that you mentioned and it's pretty sad that that this happens when it's such a great anime starts out so so well and they just butcher it. Right. With every episode or new season, and man, right, that's sad right. as a fan too. Yeah, man. Wait, did you you watched it? Or you just what heard the the promise? What Neverland. the Babylon series? No, no, no. The Promise Neverland season two. You watched it? I watched uh, like a summary of what well, what they did so far in the season, and oh, it doesn't shit. sound too good. Man, that that that's fucked up, bro. That's fucked up. But I'll definitely yeah, check they it pretty out. much they pretty much skip like a whole bunch of arcs and they change a lot of a lot of the stuff from the anime. I mean the yeah. manga and not for the better. That's that's depressing, G. Um but yeah, I'm gonna definitely What I hear is they pretty much threw out everything that made season one special, you know, all the mind games, all the all the people, you know, trying to one up each other, they pretty much threw that out the window and a lot of characters make stupid decisions or just not not in their character and just it's pretty that's sad to hear because I love the mind games that they played in the season one. Yeah, yeah, I heard it became more of an adventure thing, and that's not what I fell in love with. But I like the characters, right? So it could be a thing where the characters could be so good that I I dive into it. The characters could be so good that I'm like, fuck it, I'm I watch. You know, like there'll be like sli- sli- slice of life spinoffs with anime that people watch. I- I'll never get why people love slice of life, but. Sometimes the characters are so addicting to people that they don't care in what realm these characters are in. They're going to watch it. I'm, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm nervous about it, bro. I really like the suspense built up from uh, the villains or whatever. So, yeah. But okay, bro. Well, what was this? Uh, episode 18? Yeah, man. Yeah. And it's crazy. We only had one topic or, you know, two. And <laughs> it's probably our longest episode. Bro, this episode seems so fucking... I'm like, Dale, that's crazy. Our discussion pieces, man. That I would... That was a very passionate conversation. Um, yeah, man, you you definitely went in, man. I, you, you brought up a lot of good reasons for the people you mentioned of being timeless. And, you know, we could even expand on the top five for later on. But I don't know how, how long that might yeah, go bro. on either. Yeah, that's crazy. But um, all right, bro. Yeah, man, we're approaching uh, episode 20. Um, what, Yeah. Yeah, we're on our way, man. Pretty good start. Yeah, man, with that... You know, if you if anybody wants to, you know, have any suggestions or questions, could definitely reach us at thegreatcave at gmail.com. Hell yeah. And I appreciate everybody that's listening and donating. I mean, not donating, uh, downloading, because that's crazy. Hey, man, we wish <laughs> one day, one day we'll get yeah, to that. Definitely, definitely. But um, all right. Well, you guys take care and uh, be safe through that weather, yo. Yeah.